welcome to The Rob Burgess Show. I'm, of course, your host, Rob Burgess. On this, our 178th episode, a returning guest is Jonathan Fowler. This is Jonathan's 53rd appearance on the podcast. For a complete list, check the show notes. Jonathan graduated with a BA in history from Indiana University in 2006. He is an unabashed left-wing political junkie. He has lived and worked in South Korea for over 10 years, trying to help the citizens of that great nation hopefully talk pretty one day. And now on to the show. Minecraft, killing some sheep. Okay. Yeah. Sorry, it's night outside and I'm trying to get back to my shelter here before the, uh, the, the uh, what can I say, the mob spawns. Okay. <laughs> oh, there's a zombie. <laughs> okay, so lots of stuff going on. Yeah. Once I get inside this house, I can save. <laughs> no, Ash and I uh, went went to bed relatively early last night, and uh, yeah, I woke up like an hour ago, and I was like, oh, it seems I missed a few things while I was asleep. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's been a busy, crazy day here, for sure. I mean, the whole last i don't know two weeks or something like there's just been yeah we haven't like, even done a podcast since rbg the debates and now this and it's like this is gonna be the longest podcast we've ever done at this point <laughs> yeah i need to i need to get my phone charging here pretty much yeah uh yeah 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 that, i mean we talked about you talked about uh should we do a podcast right away about rbg's passing away and i said well you know why don't we roll it into the debate <laughs> and then we, you know, did the debate and we're getting ready for that. And we, you know, and now Trump has COVID-19, as does Melania, apparently. Oh, Melania uh, does, too. OK, I, I didn't see that she had Pope it, too. Just brought it into the, you know, or, or wow. we don't know. Wow. wow Nobody wow. knows where it originated, but. OK. So it's just kind of like, yeah. <laughs> so now we've got three, you know, major, you know, three major. <laughs> events here obviously so oh my gosh yeah yeah so anyways uh where did you want to start i don't know i don't know i mean it's like it's the most recent thing but it's the thing that i want to talk about right now the most is the covid thing but uh i know they're all big big deal but uh why don't we just start start by talking about the the most recent news <laughs> all right well bob as you know i've always been an atheist but uh i do but i think what happened was <laughs> see god is real and god watched the debate and god smote him <laughs> no i don't know i mean it's 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 pretty uh there's something kind of like uh yeah, there's definitely something kind of like some, uh, I don't know, what can we say, schadenfreude or, you know. Yeah. It's... There, there seemed to be some poetic justice to it or something. I mean, of course, there's no justice. It's a chaotic uh, disease that's run rampant throughout the country, largely because of his way of handling it. And mm-hmm. so there is, you know, uh, I don't know. It's uh, We'll see how he does. You know, like I said, you know, he... He had his Borenstein or whatever his doctor's name was four years ago who lied for him on the health checkup for the president, and he didn't reveal his actual physical results. So let's hope let's hope the guy was right. Let's hope he's in top physical condition. He's the <laughs> healthiest president America's ever seen, right? He should right. he should knock this COVID thing out in, in no time. 
Yeah, exactly. Well, I, I do think even if you want to like stay away from the the, the Schadenfreude, which is very difficult, of course, uh, you can uh, you can at least blame him for doing uh, campaign events in between Rallies. the time he knew. Yeah, rally in between the time he knew Hope Hicks was positive and when his test came through. And that is something that is unconscionable. And then, you know, not to dip into the debate yet, but none of the Trump family was wearing masks during the debate either. In total uh, rebuking of the debate debate rules and everyone else was asked to do that too, like wear masks during the thing. (laughs) And now I'm frankly worried about Joe Biden. (laughs) But Yeah. Well, I have no doubt that at the debate they were all tested before the debate on the day of and everything. So, mm. but yeah, I mean, <clears throat> you know, I mean, I know he was like more than six up. feet away, but the dude was like screaming every like five seconds. So it's like, I don't yeah. know how. Oh, the one, the one of the four, ma- there, there weren't three major events, Bob. There were four, and I just remembered the fourth, which was the New York Times published Trump's taxes. Oh yeah, that's true. I guess I mean that's that's another open. huge right. thing. I mean, right. there's so much crazy shit flying at the fan right now. It's very easy to lose some, <laughs> <laughs> and that's that's a huge thing too. So, oh my gosh, if you just start a live stream, we'll never be done with this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I gotta start a Twitch stream for my Minecraft or something. I know, right? Mm. Well, I guess there was even a fifth thing because uh, I haven't even gotten to this yet. I just, before I went to sleep last night, I saw something about this and didn't even get time to dig in. But apparently there's tapes of Melania saying, like, uh, who cares about the kids in cages and I hate Christmas and stuff. <laughs> they say I'm, I'm complicit. I'm the same like him. I support him. I don't no. say enough. I don't do enough. No, where, where I am, I put the, I'm working like a ass my ass I know. the Christmas stuff that, you know, who gives a f- about Christmas stuff and decoration, but I need to do it, right? Yeah, but a hundred percent. You have and no then, choice. And okay, and then I do it, and I say that I'm working on Christmas uh, planning for the Christmas, and they said, "Oh, what about the children that they were separated? Give me a break." The, where, where they were saying anything when Obama did that? I know. Do, do, I cannot go. I I was trying to get the the kid reunited with the mom. I, I didn't have a chance. Needs to go through the process and through the law. But here's my thing. You hear what you just said. But instead of that, if if you just your messaging, you you were so loved. You they were. would not do the story. We put it out. They would not do the story. I'm telling you. You would not believe it. They would not do the story because no, they are not. They would not do the story because they they are. They are against us because they are liberal media. Yeah, if I go to Fox, they will do the story. I don't want to go to Fox. Wow. I'm, par- I'm paraphrasing, but it's it's pretty wild. <laughs> so. Yeah, it's uh, you know, this is this is who people voted for, and you know, nobody should be surprised by you know. I, I was surprised by how many people who seem to be surprised by the by the debate. It's like, what country have you people been living in for the past four years? Yeah, I mean, I haven't been living there for most of that time, but, you know, I'm watching, I'm seeing, I know what's going on, mm-hmm. you know, and I, I read the news every day and I, you know, have people still in the mix back there. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's just crazy. But uh, what do you think the chances are that this is fake? 
that he doesn't actually have COVID. The the only thing that I thought about with regards to that is that he just doesn't want to do any more debates. Mm-hmm. Everybody told him like this was a disaster. You didn't help yourself. Everybody thinks you're a crackhead now, which is apparently a word that has been trending with it with him with uh, focus groups. Mm-hmm. Um, you don't want to go to the town hall. You won't get to shout and scream and jabber as much as you did at this thing in a town hall format. And, you know, you don't want to say you don't want to go. So why don't you just, you know, and, and on the on the up, upside of him, if he got COVID or if he didn't really have COVID, but he was using it, um, you get the added benefit of a whole bunch of people like us, assholes on the left wing laughing and making fun of you for having COVID and maybe going to be dying. <laughs> and so you may get a sympathy vote. <laughs> Like, oh, oh I, I wasn't going to vote for him, but the way those guys taunted him is just, <laughs> you know. You made me do this, that. really. <laughs> yeah, it's very uh, impolite to wish, you know, misfortune, even if you don't like him politically. Mm-hmm. Oh, grow up. Yeah, I would go further. I would not not be shocked at this point if this was a pretext for a resignation. Uh, yeah. <clears throat> you know I, I, I hadn't mean? thought of that, on it, honestly. Well, I mean, I think even he knows that he can't mess with the vote more than I've the polls I've seen post debate are like even worse than they were before. I saw a national poll that was like it was either 13 or 15 points down still nationally. And mm-hmm. I don't know. That's the, I don't know how you come back from that. Like that voter suppression. Uh, but is, but is it enough, though? Is it enough? I mean, well, I mean, that's if it's close. That's if it's, that, that's if it's close. You know what I mean? That kind of stuff figures in if it gets close but if it's not close i don't know how how yeah. they can help them again i you know a lot of people a lot of you know hip people or whatever will say i don't trust the polls anymore after 20 2016 mm-hmm. that's not the right message to take away the polls were basically right but you do have to have some doubt about national polls you, you do need to look at like state by state which nobody has the time energy or you know resources to really do necessarily yeah. but it's like you know, he could have 13 percent nationally, but if he gets the if he gets the percentages in the places he needs, he he'll be OK. I don't, I don't even think, think that's it, necessarily think too many. No, too many there's, of the states that states, he took in. Yeah, there's states yeah. that are in play right now that weren't in play before. Iowa, Arizona, uh, North Carolina, Kansas. I heard Kansas. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like these are places that I don't think he had to worry about or thought he had to worry about you know what i mean forget the battlegrounds did new new battleground states are coming up texas yeah texas it's over you know what i mean i don't necessarily yeah. think you'll lose texas but just the fact that we're even talking about texas is something yeah i i do think that the the trend looks like he's i mean the obviously the thing if he if he were to resign what it would be would be resign right before you know the election or the inauguration yeah. or something mike pence comes in and forgives him for every single thing he ever did or will do, you know, gives him like blanket immunity for everything. Of course, I'm not too worried about that because I don't think Mike Pence can even think of all the crimes that he has committed to name. (laughs) So if if he leaves one off, we'll, we'll get him on that. You know, this is like, honestly, I hope the the man doesn't die of COVID. I I honestly hope Trump doesn't die of COVID because we need to prosecute him. You think that's too good. You think an agonizing death from COVID is too good for him. Yeah, I think I think justice, you know, I'm, I don't have a whole lot of confidence of Nancy Pelosi or Chuck Schumer to do the right thing or no. even Joe Biden necessarily to do the thing. Not that it's Joe Biden's choice, but, you know, 
the Justice Department or whoever. It kind of is his choice. I mean, remember what happened with, uh, you know, Ford and Nixon and uh, to a lesser extent, uh, Bush with uh, yeah, Reagan. Well, no, I mean, it's it's not his choice to like proactively prosecute the guy. But it would no, be his but choice he, to he could probably if he were being I mean, prosecuted. Right. The, pre- the precedent is to not go after the political rival who's just been vanquished. You know what I mean? Like Trump has already Trump has broken so many political precedents. Yeah, uh, there has to be a, at some point there has to be accountability. No, I'm with you. I agree. I'm just saying that there's there's roadblocks in the way that they've done it in the past. I think Nixon should have been prosecuted too. So oh, yeah. not, not on that train, but you know what I mean. But I think people are going to say, oh, you don't do this in America. But like, OK, when well, did we start it's, expecting norms again? <laughs> it's it's not the president. I, I think the the. Uh, the 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 block between I mean, the thing that what can I say? It's not as long as it's not Joe Biden saying he needs to be prosecuted, as long as it's like the Department of Justice or somebody, then I think True. it's, you know, it's not it's not political necessarily. Yeah. And some people are going to say you can't po- nobody could possibly prosecute him without it being de- political. OK, well, it's too bad he governed the way he did, I guess. Mm-hmm. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he it's, ordered Barr to go after Hillary Clinton, I heard. And even Barr was like, I don't think so. And it's like when when it's too far for William Barr, it's <laughs> saying something. Yeah. But. Yeah, it's uh, I, I he needs to be held accountable after this. Uh hmm. And his kids, too. Um, just, I mean, the, the fact that we're even talking about the kids as, like, members of the administration who are legitimate figures and not that this is some wacky, you know, self-dealing, uh, you know, uh, I'm sorry, my words are failing me. Uh, what do they call it when you imp- appoint your own family and friends? Mm-hmm. Not a kleptocracy, but a, uh, oh, what is it? Um I mean, it's nepotism. Nepotism. There we go. Yeah. I mean, just the levels of nepotism and all this is just, uh, you know, off the charts. Right. No, I mean, they they, they want they want to burnish uh, Ivanka's. Everyone says Don Jr., but I think he's going for Ivanka to be the the heir. You know what I mean? First woman (laughs) president. I think that's what he's gunning for. She's uh, these these guys are not. I think they're done after this. I I think. I don't think any Republicans have the stomach to go through to to even go through the the, to dredge up the memories of the Trump era (laughs) in the primary process for dealing with the Trump. Yeah, I almost feel like we I think it looks like according to the taxes, the Trump, the Trump money is going to be gone in the next four years, probably unless he's got some, you know, angel investors in Russia or something to bail him out. Well, we know he's like in massive debt. We don't know who. I mean, we know who, but you know what I mean. Like the taxes don't say that part, but he's obviously. I mean, he's got several loans coming due that he hasn't paid the principal on yet, and I don't know where he's going to get this money from. Um, yeah, and they and they say like almost every one of his properties is just bleeding money, and there's a theory that, and it's you know, not a stupid theory. I think that. Um, the reason he didn't want to shut down the economy and the reason he, he tried to downplay COVID so much at the beginning was because he wanted his properties, which he should have divested himself of in the first place at the beginning of his presidency. He wanted to keep the money coming into them, and he knew if there was any kind of a slowdown in the economy, you know, Doral or all these places, the place in Ireland or whatever, Scotland or whatever, that 
you know, he's got that are already losing money. We're just going to go belly up. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. It's, uh, it's wild. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I feel like we've kind of spun off into a, we, we had this great plan and here we are. We're just, spun I, off don't into a what, what, I don't know what, where we're at right now. With this. <laughs> so Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Oh, sure. Why not? <laughs> let's just let's just bring her in, too. Well, I mean, is Amy Coney, Coney Barrett going to self-isolate, too? <laughs> she met with our yeah. senator, Senator Braun. I got pictures sent to my work email about it. So is she going to self-isolate, too? It's like there was a list I saw of all the people that Hope Hicks could come into contact with. And it was funny because it was a graphic from like NBC News or whatever, and it was like Hope Hicks like wearing some, uh, you know, sunglass, dark sunglasses on the tarmac, like she was some kind of Russian assassin or whatever. And it's like it just reminded me of like some kind of like Cold War spy drama where it's like the the one femme fatale like and like <laughs> infects everybody. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's gonna be, I, it'll be. Very interesting when they start do doing contract tracing and everything. Oh and, you yeah, know, this this, this is, is inevitable that the White House would be a super spreader event. Like this is like exactly what I always thought was going to happen somehow. Yeah, but, yeah, it is. Uh, it is surprising and yet predictable based on their behavior. But um, mm-hmm. and I mean, how wacky would it be <laughs> if you know if if this did kill him? I mean, just think about that from Xi Jinping's perspective. China starts this virus that spreads around the world. (laughs) It it causes Americans to go fucking insane. It causes lots of British people to go insane, too, as I've been, like, battling with somebody on Facebook over. Um, And it kills the president who's been doing this trade war against you and causing all these problems for you. It's just like – I mean, just how – I don't know. I don't know. We'll see what happens. But that is just like we, we I, this truth is stranger than fiction, I guess, is what you could say. I know. Yeah, this is getting real uh, series finale vibes <laughs> in the uh, uh, <laughs> in the 2020 television show. Yeah. So. The Trump cinematic universe. Mm hmm. See, see, Bob, if you if you made uh, if you made episode titles for the show that would be the episode title the trump cinematic universe <laughs> that could that could totally be the, the title for this episode maybe maybe i'll start including those this time <laughs> somewhere in i the think description. it would be a winning win i think it'd be a win-win <laughs> so that works for me so well anyways so ruth Bader ginsburg yeah r.i.p cancer total total disaster um Mm -hmm. human tragedy obviously she's a great person who's done great things throughout her life um you know uh a lot of things she's done a lot of firsts she's you know protected civil rights law Mm -hmm. advocated for women's rights in many situations um you know written some pretty strongly worded uh dissents to things that didn't go her way um a lot of a lot of great things. That's a it's a very sad story. From what I understand, she first got cancer back in 1999, and then it mm. it recurred in 2009, and then it had come back. You know, it, it seemed like it was going on a 10 year cycle for her, unfortunately. And I, uh, you know, we've we've talked about what we think 
Obama should have done in 2014 before, and I'm not going to, I'm not going to rehash it here. We're not going to go through, you know, Mm -hmm. a lot of things you can't say with hindsight, right? Like we didn't know that, you know, that Obama's, um, Supreme court picks were going to be filibustered in the last entire over a year of his last presidency there. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I don't know. I, it's just frustrating that things have gone this way. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been, you know, the, 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 the blatant hypocrisy of the Republicans saying that Obama couldn't have a Supreme court pick because it was the last year and he was a lame duck and all this stuff. Um, and then to say that Donald Trump gets to have one like a month before his reelection potentially or his he, him being voted out it's like a year versus a month mm-hmm. it's just you know utter hypocrisy but it doesn't matter you know as we've always said nobody cares you know mm-hmm. the media loves to make a big deal about it republicans right. don't care democrats don't have the um positions in government to do anything about it or the a lot of them don't have the cojones to do anything about it either it seems so mm. Yeah, I mean, I I think that it was even uh, from what I saw, it was a difficult time for the Project Lincoln Republicans to like, it's like, <laughs> it's just like the one thing that might stop them in their tracks. It's like, oh, well, maybe we do. Yeah, get we didn't hear, we didn't hear a lot from no, them. You know, we weren't really. hearing a lot about Trump's norm busting hypocrisy and all this right. stuff from the from those people. Right. You know. And I don't know, there's there's been a theory out there, too, that. Republicans have been using the Roe versus Wade thing for, you know, 30 or 40 years and stuff. They don't well, actually yeah. kind of like the, the the dogs chasing the car and they don't, wouldn't right. know what to do with it if they actually right. caught it because. Well, Thomas know. Frank, who uh, was on a couple episodes ago, he wrote What's the Matter with Kansas? And in that book, he he uses he talks about that argument, too, in there. And I, I think there's something to that. Yeah, I think I think like I mean, I think there are. You know, we've we've talked before about how, oh, why can't we have multiple parties? Why can't there be third parties? Why do we have to have this Democratic and Republican dichotomy and everything? And and I've said, well, you know, we've talked about it. Uh, eventually, a coalition government does become two sides, right? Eventually, yeah. I mean, it, it sorts itself out into that whether or not you set it up that way. That's true. Like, yeah, you do and, have some unlikely par- partnerships based on that though i will say And my point is i think that the you know the corporate you know the corporate business elite probably don't care about this unless they're religious zealots excuse me but it's been a very um it's been it's been an issue that's been very galvanizing for people who don't share any economic or uh other interests necessarily with them about you know lowering taxes on the billionaires and stuff they, you know, it's it's kind of like how the NRA was galvanized by having Obama and always having the threat of, oh, Obama's going to take our guns. But then, you know, once they get Trump in office and stuff and they achieve what they've they've got, they don't have that rallying cry for fundraising and everything anymore. <laughs> mm-hmm. And it just kind of, you know, they've committed a lot of crimes along the way. Things are falling apart. Mm-hmm. Um so I think that there's probably a contingent of the Republican Party that's like, 
oh my god if we if we rescind roe versus wade it's all over for us mm-hmm. <laughs> you know the the christian conservatives will have had what they wanted and they they won't have this this perennial issue that we always bring up every couple of years mm-hmm. and i don't know i don't know i think it's something that they like they like to have it as a talking point and something to fight about and to, to rally people around but I don't know. They're sitting here. They could they could do it right now, right? They could mm-hmm. put this person on the Supreme Court within six months. They could have the thing gone, probably. Let's see I think what it would do. probably, yeah. But then it would create what I've heard described as kind of a pre-Civil War situation where you have free states and slave states, because I have to research this more. I don't know exactly what I'm talking about, but I've heard something about there's like row trigger laws in several states that have passed it that support abortion rights and if roe were to be overturned that their own state laws would then go into effect that would allow it and so basically you'd have one state it being legal and you know basically the middle of the country in the south obviously would be hollowed out as far as abortion rights even more than they already are um Mm -hmm. so i think that's kind of what you'd see happening but yeah it would be interesting to see once what happens when they actually do this because then it's like well what do we even rally around anymore it's like i thought this was supposed to fix everything you know (laughs) yeah i i heard a podcast recently i think it was i want to say it was matthew iglesias or somebody who was on like the uh what's what's the one with ezra klein the ezra klein show i suppose Uh um and he was he's written a book or something talking about that he thinks that basically it might be better for america if we had more federalism and we basically just had, you know, Democrats govern Democratic states the way they want. Republicans govern Republican states the way they want. And the federal government is much smaller. Mm-hmm. And I think that there's something to that. I don't know. Um, I, I think there is something to that. I think there is a fact that people who live in cities can't understand people who live in the countryside. And people who live in the countryside certainly don't even try to understand people who live in the cities. Mm-hmm. And so it's, you know, it's a weird question. It's like, why should, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. It's just an interesting thing. Like, it might be more interesting if people, I, I do think that the, the problem is that you have states like California that generate all this money. And then you have, you know, hypocrites and greedy little bastards like, mcconnell talking about no bailout for the blue states or something yeah right actually blue states have been bailing out kentucky Mm -hmm. for forever right and it's like you know for him to even have the hypocrisy to sit there and insist that you know money going to blue states due to the covid thing would be wrong when he sits there and grabs and grabs and takes and takes and takes Mm -hmm. i mean the the red states are the welfare queens absolutely absolutely so the thing is like, I don't think, like, I think it would be very interesting if we did this experiment, but I, I think that we would have to have more separation in that. I don't think that states that are making sensible and logical and correct uh, proposals and stuff should be on the hook financially for states out there that are, you know, they're going to run around, they're going to run up teen pregnancy, they're going to, you know, uh, they're just going to do it. They're, they're, they're going to have to live with the consequences of their own policies, which they won't if you know, tax money coming from the blue states has to keep coming in and mm-hmm. and helping them, saving them from themselves, basically. 
so yeah well we talked uh, about that on the last episode with i don't know if you heard that one but uh richard kreitner who wrote the book about break it up about the possible dissolution of the country okay uh, wait that's maybe maybe okay bob you got to edit this maybe that's what i'm maybe that's what i'm mixing up with the thing with uh matthew iglesias thing i don't know I could be getting some facts mixed up or some some different podcasts mixed together there. In my well, he mind, oh, we we talked about that. What you're saying, we talked about that a little bit on the last episode uh, with him. Oh yeah, but uh, yeah, but it's, I mean, a, it's, like it's not obviously obviously story, other people right? are talking about it too. It's not just him, but yeah, okay, yeah. Actually, I think they were separate because he was. I remember he was talking about the the Civil War a lot. Mm-hmm. But um. I don't know. I do think there's something to be said for that. I think like, you know, it would be a, it would be a massive step back for a lot of people in the middle of the country. Right. But honestly, maybe, uh, maybe it has to get that bad for people to realize. Cause I, I feel like, do, I do feel like liberals in general have taken the Supreme court for granted because I feel like for the last couple of decades, it's generally of course, some major exceptions, Bush v. Gore, uh, <laughs> Shelby County decision that hollowed out the VR, uh, VRA, uh, you know, with some notable exceptions, of course, has mostly gone, you know, you think about gay marriage, um, you know, all these issues that, you know, people have been excited about. And it's always like it's come out the way we'd want it to at the highest level. It's like, well, this might be, you know, squirrely on the state or district level. But once we get to the Supreme Court, then we'll really straighten this out, you know. But I, I feel like there were calls last time that, like, people were being alarmist by mentioning the supreme court as a reason for liberals to vote for hillary clinton doesn't look very alarmist now does it i mean some yeah and and if you think about it it's like just an accident of history who gets to name who i mean merrick garland notwithstanding and obviously this situation but uh i i heard something that kind of blew my mind that between uh the time that bill clinton nominated rbg and the last time a democrat had nominated it, it was like it was decades that dom- that uh, that a Democratic president got to name anybody. Um, mm-hmm. I think RBG might have been the only one because Jimmy Carter didn't get any. He got yeah. zero, and and Reagan got three, and yeah. you know, and and H W Bush got to replace, uh, you know, put Clarence Thomas on to replace Thurgood Marshall, and you know what I mean? It's just it just when these timing things happen it's just the ball hasn't bounced <laughs> the right way for democrats for a long time on this so but yeah, uh, yeah. and well, and also people step down it's not sure. just that people die oh, people well, also step Kennedy, down strategically absolutely and, and and see and that's the and that's the frustrating thing again i again i said i wasn't going to get into it when they had a time to for rgb to step down she didn't do it for yeah, various I had that reasons, too. but it's like I, I need the Democrats to be as strategic as the Republicans are about things, you know, in various areas, you know, mm-hmm. Supreme Court, you know, replacement being maybe chief among them. Right. But not just, you know, I don't know, whatever. Yeah, no, I mean, in, in hindsight, it it was kind of uh, not the best strategy, you might say, to uh to wait so very long to try to fill some of these seats. Like, you know, I, I know RBG wanted to go to the end, so I, I can't, I can't really come down on too hard. Cause I mean, she was an inspired and inspiring woman and she kept going way late into her eighties. But you know, when she was in her late seventies or early eighties, I think would have been a fine time to retire. 
Um, you know, well, when, I, when I Obama think... first got in office, when he had the Senate, you know, that would have been a nice time to kick back, possibly. <laughs> right. Well, I'm not to speak ill of the recently dead, but. You know, this the Supreme Court, one of nine, that's too big of a decision for you to make based on your, you know, your own personal career goals. Yeah. You got to think about the, you know, 300 million people in America who have to live with what happens there. So mm-hmm. it's not just a matter of, oh, I think I'm, I'm just going to keep serving till I die. Or, you know, it'd be nice if the first woman president could replace me or some whatever the considerations were. Mm-hmm. Um. Especially I think lifetime when you've had appointments two times. Yes, it's like yes, you are really just this is this is just playing uh, with fire. This is a Russian roulette here. You're playing mm-hmm. with hundreds of millions of American lives. Mm-hmm. So at that point, it's like I have less sympathy. I have less patience for that kind of a personal consideration. It's just, mm-hmm. I don't know. Take one for the team. Right. I don't know. Whatever. I don't want to go back and relitigate the 2014 situation or whatever. Well, I think here, here's my, here's my plan. They'll never do this, but here's my plan. I think they need to expand the court. I'm on, I'm on board with that now. All my fears oh, yeah. played. I'm done. I'm done with, with with dilly dallying about that. It's time to expand the court by at least two seats because we have two at least stolen seats on our hands at this point. Mm. And I think simultaneous to that, term limits. Got to do term limits on everybody. That's got to start. Can't do this thing where you serve for the rest of your life until you fall over at your chair. Can't can't happen anymore. Um, and you know, separate but not totally unrelated. D.C. and Puerto Rican statehood, like yesterday. Uh, yeah, that's gotta yeah, I'm ready for that. that. I think that's, that's no the good thing excuse that, for that. That you know, it, it's such a like hard thing to consider because, uh, you know, we've had the the fifty flag. 50 state 50 star 50 states flag for you know however long since uh since the 1950s i suppose or something mm-hmm. but and it's so hard to imagine it being different even though it has changed in the past which is something we often forget but but um i think that that would be that that is the one thing i think that could change everything because if that's the case democrats get four more senators mm-hmm. i mean uh, mm-hmm. uh, probably I don't mm-hmm. know exactly, but probably mm-hmm. at that. And, and these are these are senators who are likely to be, uh, you know, from ethnic minorities. These are people who are likely to um, go with the Democrats on a lot of issues, although not necessarily all. And this might be the one thing where Republicans say, OK, if we don't moderate our behavior and moderate our positions, we are never going to have a majority in the Senate again. Mm hmm. And so and it's not a matter of keeping them out forever. You know, they'll they'll moderate within four to eight years. Mm-hmm. But that's that might be the only thing that makes them realize, like, OK, we actually have to uh, we have to change our positions on stuff like, you know, immigration and so forth. Police brutality. Mm-hmm. Um, issues like that. Um, otherwise, they're, you know. There's just there's uh, the, the Senate is entirely out of whack right now with uh, how the how the population is in America. So. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Absolutely. So. Yeah. Okay. So. Um, well, did you want to look at the debate or? <laughs> Let's do it, man. Let's get into it. Oh my gosh. Yeah, I have to say before we start that. This was the hardest to watch debate I think maybe I've ever seen. 
and I've seen a lot. I've seen dozens, you know, just even beyond the ones that we've talked about on the show. I've also written about them uh, for yeah. columns I used to do during the last election for the primary debates and everything and going all the way back to 2016 and everything. And I just cannot remember a more excruciating debate ever. And I think that was the point, obviously, of his tactics to make it unwatchable and just to have everyone tune out. But my goodness, yeah. that was hard to watch. And Chris Wallace was abysmal. The worst debate moderator maybe I've ever seen. Hmm. I, I thought he did some things okay, but overall... Yeah, he was alright. I think pinning him down on the white supremacy question was probably the best thing to recommend him from the night, but... Other than that, the constant allowance, like he, it was like the teacher that allows the the first disruption, and then you get can't claw it back after you've let that go because it's like he interrupted me, I interrupted him, and then it's like you're you're off off to the races, and it's just like he should have put his foot down when he still had a chance to maintain order. By about half an hour in, it was a free for all, and he, there was no he could do all the little yelling he wanted to, and it was not coming back. So. It yeah. was like a first grade, grade classroom, if anything. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I will say, I mean, a couple of good things about this debate compared to ones that we've looked at before. As a note taker on the debates, this one was better <laughs> and worse in some ways than, than the previous <laughs> ones. Number one, there's only two people. So, yeah. <laughs> you know, I don't have to take one issue and write like 17 people's names and try to figure out exactly what they're saying for each thing. Right. So that was mm-hmm. a lot easier. Um Number two, it was only an hour and a half. I was actually surprised when it ended. I was like, oh, that's that's all? Okay, that, that went down pretty fast. I mean, some of the previous ones, we've had like two and a half hours or something, which is just a nightmare when you're trying to take notes. So um, those two things were better, but everything else, yeah, it was a, it was a total disaster. It was like by design. Um, and, you know, I, I'm curious to see how, you know, you've mentioned before people in the audience uh, – Sometimes they don't have time to watch the debate, so they want to listen to the podcast and just kind of get our mm-hmm. summary of the debate. And I wonder this time how many people have seen the debate. I feel like it might be more. And I think I, I, I think the thing that people came away from the debate talking about was, oh, that was a nightmare. Oh, it was so terrible. Oh, just two old white guys yelling at each other. Oh, it's like if that's what you you know if you if you come away. Um, I mean, uh, on MSNBC, the uh, Rachel Maddow had a pretty good thing on this one, which is that if you came away less likely to vote and just thinking that politics is disgusting and only disgusting people get involved in it, then congratulations, Donald Trump, mission mm-hmm. accomplished. Because yeah, that's all he wanted to do. Yeah, he he makes if he makes you less likely to vote, any way he can to drive down voting numbers, mission accomplished. So mm-hmm. you know. A lot of people, they, they always talk about conspiracy theories like, oh, that's just what they want you to do, man. They want you to think that. It's like these people don't extrapolate to, yeah, these people are trying to – this person is trying to make the whole situation impossible for everybody except himself. And if you check out of politics, if you check out of doing your civic duty, then you know that's exactly what he wanted you to do. So be smarter about it, you know? So, but yeah, it was, it was a shit show. Absolute shit show. Yeah. I mean, I definitely thought that Joe Biden retained remarkable restraint 
given the circumstances. I think I, I he know retained that... a little bit too much restraint. Um, but I think people are too quick to be like what you're saying, like, oh, I, everything, I, these two guys, I can't believe it. Like, I feel like yeah. a lot of people went to that too quick, and I'm like, no, one one person was off their rocker, and one person was trying desperately not to fly off the handle, uh, given the constant provocations and eruptions that he was receiving. And I feel like he did commendably, and let's not forget... You know, he overcame a stuttering problem. I don't think you're ever cured of a stuttering problem. I think you find ways to manage your stuttering problems. And I think part of that is taking a moment and and collecting yourself before you speak. And I thought that just the fact that he was able to speak coherently, given the constant, you know, interruptions was was something, too. You know, and he was obviously, you know, playing with a handicap there. So. Yeah, it was a handicap we didn't know about until about a year ago. <laughs> but okay, <laughs> yes. <laughs> Joe Biden's lifelong handicap, which we discovered during the primary. <laughs> uh, yeah, Donald Trump tried to seem to, you know, trip him up and stuff throughout the thing so he couldn't talk. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, well, let's see. This was on September 30th, 2020, the first uh, general election debate hosted by Chris Wallace of Fox News. Um mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I forget where it was held. I honestly don't remember. <laughs> Some university or something somewhere. I don't know. Um, let's see. Featuring Donald J. Trump in the uh, red and black striped tie and Joe Biden in the black and white striped tie. They're getting away from the solid colors here, which is a interesting sartorial uh, <laughs> development. <laughs> As a man who spends most of his life in a suit. You know, I noticed these <laughs> things. Um, well, let's see. So the, the first topic was the Supreme Court. And what I'm going to say is that I went through the debate. I woke up at like 9.55 on September 30th. And I, uh, because like I'm on, I'm on, uh, we're having the Chuseok uh, holiday over here, which is kind of mm-hmm. like a, a harvest holiday and stuff in Korea. Pretty big. Spend a lot of time with family eat a meal at home, make offerings to the ancestors, uh, stuff like that. Um, so I, I've got some vacation time and stuff. So I, I woke up at 10 a.m. basically, and I turn on YouTube, and, oh, it's about to start. And I'm just like, okay, well, let's just do this then. And so I got right into it. And I just tried to take as many notes as I could as it was going live. And in a way, I think that that might have that hurt my, my notes a little bit because obviously I can't take exact notes about what they're saying. I'm just kind of trying to get it all on the fly. And the plan was to go back through it. And I did go back through the first subject of it. And then I listened to the second and third subject, basically, but I didn't get all the way back through it. But I, I think I've got, I've got about five or six pages here, I think. So. Awesome. Yeah. All right. Well, so the first question, I, I don't know the, how uh, the first sorry, question go, was. But before you do that, I was going to say it's on the Health Education Campus Samson Pavilion uh, in, in uh, Cleveland, Ohio. Okay. The well, there's setting of the debate. It was uh, at the Cleveland Clinic, apparently. Weird place to, to do that, but okay. Anyway, go on. <laughs> okay. Well, our first subject was the Supreme Court, which. Our first subject is the Supreme Court. President Trump, you nominated Amy Coney Barrett over the weekend to succeed the late Ruth Bader Ginsburg on the court. You say the Constitution is clear about your obligation and the Senate's to consider a nominee to the court. 
Vice President Biden, you say that this is an effort by the president and Republicans to jam through an appointment and what you call an abuse of power. My first question to both of you tonight, why are you right in the argument you make and your opponent wrong? And where do you think a Justice Barrett would take the court? President Trump, in this first segment, you go first, two minutes. Thank you very much, Chris. I will tell you very simply, we won the election. Elections have consequences. We have the Senate. We have the White House. And we have a phenomenal nominee, respected by all, top, top academic, uh, good in every way, good in every way. In fact, uh, some of her biggest endorsers are very liberal people from Notre Dame and other places. So I think she's going to be fantastic. We have plenty of time. Uh, even if we did it after the election itself. I have a lot of time after the election, as you know. So I think that uh, she will be outstanding. She's going to be uh, as good as anybody that has served on that court. We really feel that. Uh, we have a professor at Notre Dame, highly respected by all, said she's the single greatest student he's ever had. He's been a professor for a long time at a great school. And uh, we just uh, we won the election, and therefore we have the right to choose her. And very few people knowingly would say otherwise. And by the way, the Democrats, they wouldn't even think about not doing it. If they had, the only difference is they'd try and do it faster. There's no way they would give it up. They had Merritt Garland, but the problem is they didn't have the election. So they were stopped. And probably that would happen in reverse also. Definitely would happen in reverse. So we won the election, and we have the right to do it, Chris. President Trump, thank you. Um, same question to you, Vice President Biden. You have two minutes. Well, first of all, um, thank you for doing this and looking thank forward you. to this, Mr. President. Thank you, Jim. I, uh, the American people have a right to have a say in who the Supreme Court nominee is. And that say occurs when they vote for a United States senators and when they vote for the President of the United States. They're not going to get that chance now because we're in the middle of an election already. The election has already started. Tens of thousands of people have already voted. And so the thing that should happen is we should wait. We should wait and see what the outcome of this election is, because that's the only way the American people get to express their view is by who they elect as president and who they elect as vice president. Now, what's at stake here is the president's made it clear he wants to get rid of the Affordable Care Act. He's been running on that. He ran on that. And he's been governing on that. He's in the Supreme Court right now trying to get rid of uh, the, uh, the Affordable Care Act which uh, will strip 20 million people from having insurance, health insurance now, if it, if they, if it goes into court. And, and uh, the justice, and I have nothing, I'm not opposed to the justice, she seems like a very fine person. But she's written before she went on the bench, which is her right, that she thinks that the Affordable Care Act is not constitutional. The other thing that's on the court, and if, if it's struck down, what happens? Women's rights are fundamentally changed. Once again, a woman could be held, pay more money because she has a pre-existing condition of pregnancy. We were able to, they were able to charge a woman more for the same exact procedure a man did, gets. And that ended when we, in fact, passed the Affordable Care Act. And there's 100 million people who have pre-existing conditions, and they'll be taken away as well. Those pre-existing conditions, the insurance companies are going to love this. And so it's just not appropriate to do this before this election. If he wins the election and the Senate is Democrat or Republican, 
then it, he goes forward. If not, we should wait until February. All right. There aren't 100 million people with pre-existing conditions. As far as the say is concerned, the people already had their say. They — okay, Justice Ginsburg said very powerfully, very strongly, at some point, 10 years ago or so, she said a president and the Senate is elected for a period of time. But a president's elected for four years. We're not elected for three years. I'm not elected for three years. So we have the Senate. We have a president. He's elected to the next During election. that period of time, during that period of time, we have an opening. I'm not elected for three years. I'm elected for four years. The and the 100 million people — Joe, the 100 million people is totally wrong. I don't know where you got that number. The bigger problem that you have is that you're going to extinguish 180 million people with their private health care, that they're very That's happy That's simply with. not true. Well, you're that certainly going that. to socialists. You're ahead. going to socialists. We're, we're now into, gentlemen, we're now into open discussion. Open discussion. Open discussion. Yes, I agree. Go ahead, Vice President. Number Biden. one, uh, he, he knows that uh, what I proposed. What I proposed is that uh, we expand Obamacare. And we increase it. We do not wipe any. And one of the big debates we had with 23 of my colleagues trying to win the nomination that I won were saying that Biden wanted to allow people to have private insurance still. They can. They do. They will under my proposal. It's not what you've said, but and it's not what your party is, has said. That is simply Your party a lie. doesn't say it. Your party wants simple. to go socialist medicine. My party is and me. socialist right healthcare. Right now, I am and the they're Democratic going to dominate party. you, Joe. You know that. I am the Democratic Party right now. The platform of the Democratic Party Harris. is what I, in fact, approved of, what I approved of. Now, here's the deal. The deal is that it's going to wipe out pre-existing conditions. And by the way, the 20, the 200 million, the 200,000 people that have died on his watch, how many of those have survived? Well, there's 7 million people that contracted COVID. What does it mean for them going forward if you strike down the Affordable Care Act. And Joe, you've had 308,000 military people dying because you couldn't provide them proper health care in the military. So don't tell me I'm about this. I'm happy to talk about this. And if you were here, you, Look, it wouldn't be deal. 200. It would be 2 million people because you were very late on the draw. You late didn't want me to draw. ban China, which was heavily infected. You didn't want me to ban All right, we're, gentlemen, Europe, we're, 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 which no, was heavily infected. Uh, you would Mr. have been President, much later, Joe. Mr. President, much later. Mr. President. You're talking about 2 million people. You're not President, as a moderator, <laughs> we are going to talk about COVID in the next segment, but, but go ahead. Let me finish. The point is that the president also is opposed to Roe v. Wade. That's on the ballot as well in the court, in the court. And so that's also at stake right now. And so the election is all You don't know it's begun. on the ballot. I, Why is it in the ballot? Because, because Why is you it on the ballot? It's not on the ballot. It's on the ballot in the I court. I don't think so. In the court. Well, There's nothing happening there. Donald, would you and just you don't know her me? view on Roe v. Wade. You I don't, don't know her know. view. Well, all right. Let's, all right. Let's talk. I would. While timely, I can't believe the first subject wasn't Donald Trump's taxes. Right. <laughs> so because that was the thing that had broken within like the past, you know, 48 hours or something before the thing started. And it basically, you know, we talked a little bit about that earlier, what that revealed and so forth. But um, so Trump nominated Amy Coney Barrett. Uh, I get every time I see her name, I keep thinking of our old friend Corey fucking Barrett. <laughs> <laughs> I have to have to find out if there's a relation there. Mm-hmm. Um, She's from Indiana, so who knows? Oh boy. <laughs> um, well, let's see. Trump said, "I'm president for four years, not three years." Even liberals love Barrett. 
she was top, top academic, respected by all. Good in every way. Good in every way. Uh, they, uh, what do you say? They had Merrick Garland, but they didn't didn't uh, have the election, so they uh, they were stopped. I'm talking about the Democrats. Uh, that doesn't make sense. Like, what do you mean they didn't have the election? We had the election a year out. <laughs> You're talking about I'm the president for four years, not three years. Yeah, Obama was the president for eight years, not seven years. You fucking hypocrites. <laughs> uh, so uh, let's see. They had they didn't have the election. What does that mean? What does it mean they didn't have the election? We're having the election. You mean they didn't win the election? Hillary Clinton didn't win the election? That doesn't matter. <laughs> doesn't matter. Uh, <laughs> I, I still maintain. I think the uh, the Senate under Mitch McConnell was in violation of the Constitution. I, I'm pretty well, sure. Well, I, I think they abdicated their role, and I think not to play Monday morning quarterback again on everything, but I think a recess appointment by Obama after they said they aren't going to even meet with the guy, I think would have mm-hmm. been totally appropriate, and they could have cried foul all they wanted to. But look where we'd be now as compared to then. So yeah. I think they I think they broke the Constitution. Yeah, because the Constitution says I I don't have it in front of me, but I'm pretty sure the the language there is pretty clear. It's the president will nominate and the uh, Senate will uh, they have some duty. Once he nominates somebody, they have a duty. They can't just say, oh, we're not going to do it. It's an election year. There's nothing about that in there. Uh, They have a duty, but they refuse to do their duty. Uh, that was, uh, you know, I think that was a violation of the constitution. So whatever. Um, anyways, Trump's being a hypocrite about this and stuff and talking about, oh, they didn't have, they had, they didn't have the, they had the nominee, but they didn't have the election. So they couldn't appoint him. Mm-hmm. Uh, also let's like, can we just pause here and say that it's obvious what Mitch McConnell's game here is he's banking on Trump to lose. The only reason he wants to shove this through before the election is because he didn't think he can get it done in a lame duck session with the defeated Senate and the defeated president. He knows that it's not going to turn out well, or at least thinks that way. And mm-hmm. so that's not real vote of confidence for your president if you're saying that we have to shove this through before the election. Because if you thought he was going to win and you thought you were going to retain control of the Senate, you wouldn't need to do this before the election, would you? Anyway, go in on. fact, from from Trump's perspective, it probably makes more sense to wait <laughs> because you get to reactivate all those people who vote mm. on the Supreme Court on Roe versus Wade's issues. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, if they if they get the, the Supreme Court majority, they'd lose a huge. I mean, that was the big thing for him in 2015, 2016 was, mm-hmm. you know, I'll I'll be doing appointments, you know, so. Uh, anyways, he continues, a president is elected for a certain period of time, four years, not three years, mm-hmm. complete hit, hypocrite. I mean, I, 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 this is something where I think Biden should have actually mentioned the hypocrisy there. Not that it matters, but mm-hmm. it should have been noted, you know, should have been noted. Barack sure. Obama was elected for seven years, eight years, not seven years. So, mm-hmm. um, uh, let's see. Uh, he he said about Joe Biden, he said, uh, your party wants to go socialist. And uh, let's see, Biden said, uh, I am the Democratic Party right now. The the policy is for me or something like which is very like, you know, <laughs> I am the state <laughs> kind of a thing. Right. You know? Was it I forget if it was Franco or uh, was mm-hmm. it uh, or was it uh, 
Oh God, what's his name? Mussolini. No, <laughs> earlier was it? Um, oh God, what's his name? The short guy, general, French. Um, oh. Uh, yeah, blanking on that. De Gaulle? Oh, I don't know. No, no, before, a couple hundred years before, maybe. Oh, God. Oh, Napoleon. Napoleon, yeah, yeah. Sure. I forget if it was, like, I want to say it was Franco or Napoleon who said that. I could be wrong. I, I may get my mm-hmm. uh, my history major license revoked here if I get that wrong. But, uh, but yeah, basically saying I am the party. Wow. Okay. Um... Let's see. And he said, he said, uh, the, I am the Democratic Party right now. The policy is mine and I'm not a socialist or something. Uh, let's see. Uh, he said, Barrett thinks that uh, the uh, I think, what did he say? The uh, uh, Obamacare is unconstitutional. Apparently, she said that before. So, again, Donald Trump has to pretend that this woman isn't anti Roe versus Wade and he doesn't know what she's going to rule on that. And she isn't Obamacare and that he doesn't have a case pending in the Supreme court right now for like a week Mm -hmm. after the election regarding Obamacare. Um, you know, just pretend you don't know obvious stuff that you do know just so that you don't, you know, yeah. Also I'm reading today that she apparently helped fund a, uh, two-page ad a couple years ago in the South Bend Tribune uh, decrying Roe versus Wade. So his whole thing about, you don't know what she thinks about Roe, that's not true, we know. Yeah, I heard there was some like some Catholic organization that was scrubbing mm-hmm. like her photos all off their website or uh, something. People of Praise would be the... Well, the women are called handmaids, or were until recently. But, oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I've never watched that movie or the show Handmaid's Tale or whatever. It's not a feel-good show, I'll say that. Uh, the, I think that's why I haven't started it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a little I too. I've... The flashback scenes are a little too close to reality, is for my taste. But how many seasons of it are there? I think there's three now. I think I just watched like half the first season or something. I don't know. It didn't provide me with <laughs> light, <laughs> gut-busting entertainment <laughs> personally. But maybe well, some other people get their kicks other ways than me. But uh, yeah, maybe yeah. once this is all over, I'll revisit. <laughs> well, there was only one season of Tiger King, so that we, it can't all be I know. <laughs> sunshine right. and roses. I know. Yeah. Um. All right. Well, let's see. Chris Wallace said. Uh, he said, you haven't made a replacement for Obamacare. You're trying to get rid of Obamacare, and you haven't made a replacement. Uh, on health care, and then we'll come back to Roe v. Wade. All right. Mr. President, the Supreme Court will hear a case a week after the election in which the Trump administration, along with 18 state attorneys general, are seeking to overturn That's right. Obamacare, to end Obamacare. You have spent the last... Because they want to give I, good health care. If I may ask my question, sir. Good health care. Over uh, the last four years, you have promised to repeal and replace Obamacare, but you have never in these four years come up with a plan, a comprehensive plan to replace Obamacare. Of course I have. Well, I'll give you an opportunity. Excuse me. I got rid of the individual mandate, which was a big chunk of Obamacare. That is absolutely a big thing. That was the worst part of Obamacare. Chris, You're that was the worst part me. of Obama. Let me ask my question. Well, I'll, I'll ask Joe. I, 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 the individual no, I, mandate was the most unpopular Vice, aspect of Obamacare. I got rid of it. I'd like and to, we will protect Mr. people President, with I'm the moderator of this debate, and I would like you to let me ask my question, and then you can answer Go your ahead. question. You, in the course of these four years, have never come up with a comprehensive plan 
to replace Obamacare. And just this last Thursday, you signed a largely symbolic executive order to protect people with pre-existing conditions five days before this debate. So my question, sir, is what is the Trump health care plan? Well, first of all, I guess I'm debating you, not him, but that's okay. I'm not surprised. Let me just tell you something, that (laughs) there's nothing symbolic. I'm cutting drug prices. I'm going with favored nations, which no president has the courage to do because you're going against big pharma. Drug prices will be coming down 80 or 90 percent. You could have done it during your 47-year period in government, but you didn't do it. Nobody's done it. So we're cutting health care. All of the things that we've done, insulin. I'll give you an example. Insulin. It's going to — it was destroying families, destroying people, because I'm getting it for so cheap. It's like water, you want to know the truth. So cheap. Take a look at all of the drugs that what we're doing, prescription drug prices. We're going to allow our governors now to go to other countries to buy drugs okay. because when they fact, pay just a I, tiny fraction. As I say, of this is open do. discussion. No, let but me this ask is you big, about, let me, this you'll is be happy, big stuff. Sir, you'll be happy. I'm about to pick up on one of your points to ask the vice president, which is he points out that you would like to add a public option to Obamacare, and the argument that he makes and other Republicans make is that that is going to end private insurance. It is not. If I can ask you the question, it will end... Not what your party says, by the way. It will end private insurance and create a government takeover of health care. It does not. It's only for those people who are so poor they qualify for Medicaid. They can get that free in most states, except governors who want to deny people who are poor Medicaid. Anyone who qualifies for Medicare would, excuse me, Medicaid would automatically be enrolled in the public option. The vast majority of the American people would still not be in that option, number one. Joe, you agreed with Bernie Sanders, who's far left, on the manifesto, we call it. And that gives you socialized medicine. Look, hey, I'm not not going to listen to him. The fact of the matter is, I beat Bernie Sanders. Not by much. I beat him a whole hell of a lot. I'm here here standing facing you all, buddy. would have left well, two days early, you, you would have lost every primary all he knows how to on do Super is Tuesday. You got Look, very lucky. here's the deal. I got very lucky. I'm going to get very lucky tonight as well. And tonight I'm going With to make what? sure because here's the deal. Here's the deal. The fact is that everything he's saying so far is simply a lie. I'm not here to call out his lies. Everybody knows he's a liar. But you I just agree. want to make sure. Joe, you're the liar. I, 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 I want to make sure. You graduated last in your class, I, not I, first in your I, class. <laughs> I want to make Mr. sure... Mr. President, can you let him finish, sir? No, he doesn't know how yeah. to do that. He has... You'd be you know, surprised. You, you pick You'd be surprised. the Go wrong ahead, guy, the wrong Go night at the wrong time. Listen, you agreed with Here's Bernie the Sanders to the manifesto. The whole idea... Let, let him... There it. is no manifesto, number Please one. Please let him speak, Mr. President. Number two... You just lost the left. Number two... I, I, you just lost the left. You agreed with Bernie Sanders on a plan how, that's folks, absolutely folks, agreed to. Folks, do you have any idea what this clown's doing? They call it Mr. Do you have Mr. President. Socialized medicine. Mr. President. Well, i tell you what. He is not for any help for people needing health care. Because, because he, in fact, already has cost 10 million people their health care that they had from their employers because of his recession. Number one. Number oh, two, oh, yeah, yeah. there are 20 million people getting health care through Obamacare now that he wants to take it away. 
He won't ever look you in the eye and say that's what he wants to do. Take it away. No, I want to give Number them better three. health care but, at a much lower price but, because Obamacare is no good. He doesn't know how. He doesn't know how to do that. Fixed it. He has never I've offered a plan. Fixed it to an extent. He has Obamacare, never done a single thing. As you might thing. know, but probably don't. Gentlemen, you realize no if you're good, both Joe. speaking at the it's same no time, and it's too but, expensive. Let, let the president go ahead, sir. Obamacare is no good. We made it better, and I had a choice to make very early on. We took away the individual mandate. We guarantee pre-existing conditions, but took away the individual mandate. Listen, this is the way it is. <laughs> and that destroyed that. They shouldn't even call it Obamacare. Then I had a choice to make. Do I let my people run it really well or oh, badly? Yeah. If I run it badly, they'll probably blame him, but they'll blame me. But more importantly, I want to help people. OK, I said, you got to run that, it so well. That's what and I for. just had a meeting with them. They said the problem is no matter how well you run Obamacare, it's a disaster. It's too expensive. Okay. Premiums are too it. high, that's and it doesn't work. That's so we we do I, want no, to get no. rid of it. I, we, well, Chris, we want to get rid of it. I understand it, sir, but I have to I have to give better. you roughly Good. equal time. Good. Please let the vice president talk. Good. He has no plan for health care. Of course he we do. Sends, please. He sends out wishful thinking. He has executive orders that have no power. He hasn't lowered drug costs for anybody. He's been promising a health care plan since he got elected. He has none, like almost everything else he talks about. He does not have a plan. He doesn't have a plan. And the fact is, this man doesn't know what he's talking about. All right. I have, one, I have one final question for you, sure. uh, Mr. Vice President. If Senate Republicans, we were talking originally about the Supreme Court here, if Senate Republicans go ahead and confirm Justice Barrett, uh, there has been talk about ending the filibuster or even packing the court, adding to the nine justices there. You call this a distraction by the president, but in fact it wasn't brought up by the president. It was brought up by some of your Democratic colleagues in, well, the, saying, in the Congress. So my question to you is, you have refused in the past to talk about it. Are you willing to tell the American people tonight whether or not you will support either ending the filibuster or packing the court? Whatever position I take on that, that'll become the issue. The issue is the American people should speak. You should go out and vote. You're in voting now. Vote and let your senators know how you strongly you feel. Court? Let Vote now. Are you pack the Make court? sure you, in fact, let people know you're a senator. I'm not going to answer the question Why because, you that because question? the you question is the question Supreme is the radical question, left. Will you who shut is up, on, man? Listen, who is on your list, Joe? This Who's is on your so right. Gentlemen, is, I think this we've is ended so this. He's going to pack the court. We have end, no, no, no. Give a list. We have ended this segment. We're going to move on to the second segment. That was really a productive segment, wasn't it? Keep yapping, man. The people understand, Joe. <laughs> they sure 47 do. years, you've Trump. done nothing. They understand. Oh, okay. All right. Trump said, yes, I have. I am getting rid of the individual mandate. And he said, I'm getting insulin for so cheap, it's like water. I certainly haven't heard that from anybody with diabetes, but uh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, and at some point in here, we have uh, Wallace's first uh, servile... He said, sir, you'll be happy. I'm, I'm just about to pick up on one of your uh, points to ask yeah, the vice egregious, president. Egregious. Why yeah, would you say that? Everybody's saying it's like a woman in an abusive relationship, just like, you know, trying to please the guy. Hey, stop being angry. Look, I'm, I'm going to do what you want here. OK, Ugh. just stop yelling. <laughs> you know, stop shouting over everybody. Right. Um, let's see. Let's see. The, uh Trump said uh, something about, uh, you know, he, you know, because.
Trump is saying stuff about how, you know, the, the Democrats are socialists and they're going to make you socialist too, Joe Biden and everything. And Biden said, the fact is I beat Bernie Sanders and Trump interjected not by much. And Biden <laughs> said, I beat him by a whole hell of a lot or <laughs> something like, come on, Joe, party unity here. Come on. <laughs> you just uh, lost the left. <laughs> yeah, you just lost the left at some point, he said. <laughs> there was then there was just more over talking bullying badgering from trump is what i wrote down um uh, trump did make one interesting point which is pretty good he said if pocahontas would pocahontas would have left two days earlier you would have lost every primary i'm not sure he would have lost every primary but if yet yeah. <laughs> and that uh, nobody appreciates the uh, pocahontas besides the blatant racism it was it was not a bad political statement <laughs> 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 well put, sir. Not, if, you well, drill, yes. if you drill past the ridiculous uh, Native American bashing, it's it's really uh, it was quite an astute point. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, you know, I don't know. I wonder what Elizabeth Warren thinks right now. She didn't get the vice president, right? You know, the the Bernie Sanders uh, uh, thing where they were going to, you know, consolidate on policy together and stuff doesn't seem to have produced much of anything with regards right. to any of the primary things that Bernie voters wanted. And yeah, and we're all in a situation where we basically have to vote for the most milk toast like central, you know, you know, swamp member or whatever of the Democratic Party that has been there for 40 years. It's like, right. bravo, Elizabeth Warren, way to stay in there. And mm -hmm. nonetheless, she persisted or whatever. Seriously. Uh, yeah, come on. You go, girl. Um, but, you know, it doesn't matter. I mean, like, our, our greatest hope is that we are able to push Trump or push Biden to the left a little bit. So hopefully Trump is right about that. Mm -hmm. um, let's see. And he said something about what did he say? Uh, he said, uh, "You graduated last in your class, not first in your class, and you just lost the left." Uh, you know, just a bunch of wild insults and stuff. Don't ever talk to me about intelligent being smart. Did you just say smart? Don't talk to me about being smart. <laughs> like you're not smart. And this was another point where I was like, Joe Biden, hit back. He's insulting mm. your intelligence for like where you went to university and the place you ranked in your thing. Dude, his own niece says that he paid somebody mm -hmm. to take the SATs for him or something so he could get into the university where he got terrible grades anyways. Tell him, release your grades. Yeah, you exactly. Know, did you cheat on that test like your niece says you did? You've got your own family doesn't even support you, man. My God. Um, well, is his so sister? I, I was well, well, not only – let's go back to that. Not only does his niece say that. She said that because of tapes that she had of his own sister, mm -hmm. uh, Mary Trump or whatever, saying that. Former so it's judge, not, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Well, he's always been this way. I mean, I guess. I mean, he, he, he's, he, but he was a tough kid, right? He was a brat. Yeah, yeah well, that's what I mean. I don't mean tough. That all. I said I, I mean, to a brat or temper tantrums I, or whatever. I drove him around New York City to try to get him into college. He ended up in Florida. I got him in somehow. Um, before, before I had any real Catholic roots. Right. Um, but he, I mean, I didn't get him in, but but he, I know he didn't get into college. And he and he went to Fordham for one year, and then he got into University of Pennsylvania. I guess he had somebody to take his take the exams. No way. 
and uh, did somebody take his entrance exams? SATs or whatever. Yeah. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> That's what I <clears throat> believe. <laughs> I, need, I even remember the name. Oh, man. But then he, you know. I mean, that's how much no, but now when you do, when he does stories, he never mentions Fordham. Of course not. Oh, my God. No, he went to the Wharton School, which also is a tribute. He, he went to the University of Pennsylvania. Went to University of Pennsylvania. And took a couple of classes, I guess, at Wharton. Oh, that's insane. That's him. So, and, and he nailed I did his homework for him. I mean, <laughs> yeah. It's like don't don't come after me for intelligence when your own family thinks you're an idiot and right. you you know you cheated your way into everything you ever got including university mm-hmm. and you won't release your you know you had to threaten to sue your own high school and university to keep your grades secret or something I mean like let's talk about intelligence come on man mm-hmm. <laughs> so enough of this malarkey <laughs> so, um. And at, at a certain point, Biden said, you shut up, man. Keep yapping. Keep yapping, man. That was productive, wasn't it? Or something. <laughs> anyway, somehow we, we came to the end of the Supreme Court. It was all over the place. There was stuff in there about COVID. There was stuff in there. Right. Uh, Trump made the absolutely insane claim that if Biden were president, it would have been 200 million or, yeah, 200. I think that's what he said. 200 million COVID deaths, not 200,000. <laughs> Did he say 200 million? I missed that. I'm pretty sure he said 200. Check the tape, but uh, I'm pretty sure he said 200 million. So, you know, two thirds of American citizens would be dead if Biden were president from COVID. (laughs) Unlikely. (laughs) It's it's almost unbelievable that anybody could have done a worse job than Donald Trump himself. It it, it truly beggars belief, as they would say. But yeah. All right. Question two was COVID-19. Um, and two, Chris Wallace says there are two minutes uninterrupted for Joe Biden starting this time or something. And mm-hmm. Joe Biden said, good luck with that, <laughs> indicating he's not, nobody's going to get two min- minutes uninterrupted with Trump up there. Right. Mm. Let's see. Um, Biden said it is what it is. You said it is what it is or something with regards to the COVID deaths. And he said, it is what it is because you are who you are, which was mm-hmm. you know, a good line. The second subject is COVID-19, which is an awfully serious subject, so let's try to be serious about it. We have had more than 7 million cases of coronavirus in the United States, and more than 200,000 people have died. Even after we produce a vaccine, experts say that it could be months or even years before we come back to anything approaching normal. My question for both of you is based on what you have said and done so far and what you have said you would do starting in 2021, why should the American people trust you more than your opponent to deal with this public health crisis going forward? In this case, the question goes to you first, sir. Two minutes uninterrupted. Good luck. 200,000 dead. As you said, over 7 million infected in the United States. We, in fact, have 5%, 4% of the world's population, 20% of the deaths. 40,000 people a day are contracting COVID. In addition to that, about between 750 and 1,000 people a day are dying. 
when he was presented with that number, he said, it is what it is. Well, it is what it is because you are who you are. That's why it is. The president has no plan. He hasn't laid out anything. He knew all the way back in February how serious this crisis was. He knew it was a deadly disease. What did he do? He's on tape is acknowledging he knew it. He said he didn't tell us or give people a warning of it because he didn't want to panic the American people. You don't panic. He panicked. In addition to that, what did he do? He went in and he, we were insisting that the Chinese, the, the people we had on the ground in China should be able to go to Wuhan and determine for themselves how dangerous this was. He did not even ask Xi to do that. He told us what a great job she was doing. He said we owe him a debt of gratitude for being so transparent with us. And what did he do then? He then did nothing. He, he waited and waited and waited. He still doesn't have a plan. Well, I laid yeah, out sir, back in March exactly so, so what wrong. we should be doing. And I laid out again in July what we should be doing. We should be providing all the protective gear possible. We should be providing the money the House has passed in order to be able to go out and get people the help they need to keep their businesses open, open schools that cost a lot of money. You should get out of your bunker and get out of the sand trap and get in, in your golf course and go in the Oval Office and bring together the Democrats and Republicans and fund what needs to be done now to save lives. So if wait, we wait, would have listened wait, to wait. you. You have two minutes, sir. If we would have listened to you, the country would have been left wide open. Millions of people would have died, not 200,000. And one person is too much. It's China's fault. It should have never happened. They stopped it from going in, but it was China's fault. And by the way, when you talk about numbers, you don't know how many people died in China. You don't know how many people died in Russia. You don't know how many people died in India. They don't exactly give you a straight count, just so you understand. But if you look at what we've done, I closed it, and you said he's xenophobic. He's a racist, and he's xenophobic, because you didn't think I should have closed our country. Wait, no, Wait a minute. It says two minutes. You didn't think we should have closed our country, because you thought it was too, it was terrible. You wouldn't have closed it for another two months. By my doing it early, in fact, Dr. Fauci said, President Trump saved thousands of lives. Many of you, a Democrat governor, said, President Trump did a phenomenal job. We worked with the governor. Oh, really? Go take a look. <laughs> the governors said I did a phenomenal job. Most of them said that. In <laughs> fact, people that would not be necessarily on my side said that. President Trump did a phenomenal job. We did. We got the gowns. We got the masks. We made the ventilators. You wouldn't have made ventilators. And now we're weeks away from a vaccine. We're doing therapeutics already. Fewer people are dying when they get sick. Far fewer people are dying. We've done a great job. The only thing I haven't done a good job, and that's because of the fake news. No matter what you say to them, they give you bad press on it. It's just fake news. They give you good press. They give me bad press, because that's the way it is, unfortunately. But let me just tell you something. I don't care. I've gotten used to it. But I'll tell you, Joe, you could never have done the job that we did. You don't have it in your blood. You could have never done that job. I know how to do the job. I know how to get the job done. Well, you done. didn't do very well in swine flu. H1N1, you were a disaster. Your own chief 14, of staff said 000, you were a disaster. 14,000 people died, not 200,000. There was a no very, economic wait, 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 recession. Sir, you made a, a there, was, far no, there was no recession. Disease, you made a point. Let him answer. And there was no one. There's no. We didn't shut down the economy. This is his economy that's being. He shut down. The reason it's shut down is because, look, you folks at home, how many of you got up this morning, and had an empty chair at the kitchen table because someone died of COVID? 
How many of you were in a situation where you lost your mom or dad and you couldn't even speak to them? You had a nurse holding a phone up so you could, in fact, say goodbye. You would have lost far How more many people. people. Far that more is, people. And, you would have been And by the way, your own, you his, his, own, me, his own CDC director says we could lose as many as another 200,000 people between now and the end of the year. And he held up, he said, if we just wear a mask, we can save half those numbers. Just, just a mask. And by the way, in terms of the, the whole notion of a vaccine, we're for a vaccine, but we, I don't trust him at all, nor do you. I know you don't. What we trust is a scientist. You don't we trust, trust Dr. Johnson Fauci. Johnson, Pfizer. We, 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 and okay, by the way, gentlemen, and gentlemen let, me, let me move on to questions about the future, because you both have touched on one of the two of the questions I'm going to ask. Uh, t focusing on the future first, President Trump, you have repeatedly either contradicted or been at odds with some of your government's own top scientists. The week before last, the head of the Centers for Disease Control, Dr. Redfield, said it would be summer before the vaccine would become generally available to the public. You said that he was confused and mistaken. Those were your two words. Yeah. But Dr. Slowey, the head of your operation, Warfspeed, has said exactly the same thing. Are they both wrong? Well, I've spoken to the companies, and we can have it a lot sooner. It's a very political thing, because people like this would rather make it political than save lives. God. It is a very political thing. I've spoken to Pfizer. I've spoken to all of the people that you have to speak to. We have great Moderna, Johnson & Johnson, and others. They can go faster than that by a lot. Become very political because the left, or I don't know if so, I call so him left. I don't know what I call. So you're suggesting that the head of your operation, Warp Speed, Dr. Slavi. I disagree with him. Yeah, no, I disagree with both of them. And he didn't say that. He said it could be there, but it could also be much sooner. I, I had him in my office two he days talk, ago. He talked about the summer, sir, before it's generally available. Just like he Dr. said, Dr. it's a possibility that we'll have the answer before November 1st. It could I'm, also I'm be after that. It's generally available. It, not well, we're going to deliver it right away. We have the military all set up logistically. They're all set up. We have our military that delivers soldiers, and they can do 200,000 a day. They're going to be this delivering. This is the same man it's who all told set you up. by Easter this would be gone away. By the warm weather, it'd be gone. Miraculous. Like a miracle. And by the way, maybe you could inject some bleach in your arm, and that would take care of it. This is the that same man. That was said sarcastically, that was and you seemed, know that. I, that I, was I, said sarcastically. And so here's the deal. This man is talking about a vaccine. Every serious... Every serious company is talking about maybe having a vaccine done by the end of the year. But the distribution of that vaccine will not occur until sometime beginning or the middle of next year to get it out, if we get the vaccine. And pray God we will. Pray God we Mr. will. Mr. Vice President, I want to pick up, though, You'll have on the that. vaccine I, I, sooner I want to pick that. up on this question, though. You say the public can trust the scientists, but they can't trust President Trump. In fact, you said that again tonight. Your running mate, Senator Harris, goes further saying the public health experts, quote, will be muzzled, will be suppressed. Given the fact that polls already show that people are concerned about the vaccine and are reluctant to take it, are you and your running mate, Senator Harris, contributing to that fear? No more than the question you just asked him. You pointed out. He puts pressure and disagrees with his own scientists. But you're saying Everybody you can't, or Senator and Harris is saying no, you can't trust the scientists. No, well, no, no, you can't trust the scientists. He didn't, she didn't say that. You can't she, trust She us. said the public health experts, quote, will be muzzled, will yes. be suppressed. Well, that's what he's going to try to do. But there's millions of scientists, there's thousands of scientists out there, like here at this great hospital, that don't work for him. Their job doesn't depend on him. 
That's not, they're the people, they're, and by I the way, to the scientists that are in charge, by the way, they will have the vaccine very does, soon. Let him finish. You believe for a moment what he's telling you in light of all the lies he's told you about the whole issue relating to COVID. He still hasn't even acknowledged that he knew this was happening, knew how dangerous it was going to be back in February, and he didn't even tell you. He's on record as saying it. He panicked or he just looked at the stock market, one of the two, because guess what? A lot of people died, and a lot more are going to die unless he gets a lot smarter, a lot quicker. So, Mr. President, did you use the word smart? Uh, so you said you went to Delaware State, but you forgot the name of your college. You didn't <laughs> go to Delaware so. State. You graduated either the lowest or almost the lowest in your class. Don't ever use the word smart with me. Don't ever use that word. Oh, give me a break. Because you know what? There's nothing smart about you, Joe. 47 years, you've done nothing. Well, let's have this debate. And if we'll you would have had, smart. let me just tell you something, Joe. No, if you would have had the charge of what I was put through. I had to close the greatest economy in the history of our country. And by the way, now it's being built again. You see, and it's going get up to fast. the economy in the next segment, sir. Okay. It's going up fast. Okay. Forward to and um, Trump said you would have lost far more. Um, let's see. Biden said a lot of people are going to die unless he gets a lot smarter a lot faster. <laughs> and Trump said, did you use the word smart? Don't ever use the word smart with me. You went to like, you know, this university and you graduated last in your class. It was like, that was that whole part there. <laughs> and Biden eventually said, will he just shush for a minute? It's kind of like, oh, come on, tell, tell him to shut the fuck up. Don't say shush. Come on. <laughs> Take off the kid gloves here. Oh my. Um... And Trump at some point said, wait a minute, let me shut you down for just a second. And Biden's head was shaking or something. And Wallace says, we got to move on from that. And Trump said, I have, I have, uh, what he said. I ha he said, I have big crowds because people want to hear me talk. Uh, you would get my crowds if you could. And Trump <laughs> Biden said, you've been irresponsible. And at that point, I'm, I was a little disappointed that Biden didn't say, oh, bravo, you probably got, uh, you probably got, uh, what's his name killed? Uh, Herman Cain. Herman, Herman, you probably got Herman Cain killed with your bullshit crowds and stuff. Again, I mean, this is what I would have done if I were Biden. Yeah, I can't say it would have worked better because people already didn't like the, people are already both sides in how nasty it got. So it might have actually hurt him if he'd gotten equally as nasty as Trump. But I, I think letting a lot of this stuff go unanswered was not. I don't know. I It's not my style. <laughs> mm -hmm. So, yeah. Um, let's see. That was that was kind of a summary of COVID-19. Again, my, my notes are really. Oh, God, what can I say about my notes? My notes are like. It may seem my notes are not substantially enough to capture what was being said in this debate. And that's not true. <laughs> the, the chaos of this debate, uh, if, if my notes put it to a point where it looked like people were making like valid substantive points every, you know, a couple minutes or something, that would not be accurate to describe what the debate was like <laughs> for anybody who's right. watched it. So mm -hmm. it was it was a bunch of crosstalk. It was a bunch of shouting over. It was a bunch of, uh, and you know, eighty five percent of this was coming from Donald Trump. Mm -hmm. So, 
No, I will. Um, I'm I'm gonna drop the sound bites in so people can get a flavor of, of what it was. But yeah, it subs. It was very thin on substance. Like I don't think anybody who was trying to watch this for a uh, reasoned, uh, you know, airing of the differences in policy was going to be happy with the outcome. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you you came out not learning a whole lot. Maybe you got a couple things here or there. Mm-hmm. Um, Okay, the economy was question three out of six. Let's see. When it comes to how the virus has been handled so far, the two of you have taken very different approaches, and this is going to affect how the virus is handled going forward by whichever of you ends up becoming the next president. I want to quickly go through several of those. Reopenings. Vice President Biden, you have been much more reluctant than President Trump about reopening the economy and schools. Why, sir? Because he doesn't have a plan. If I were running, I'd know how, what the plan is. You've got to provide these businesses the ability to have the money to be able to reopen with the PPE as well as with the sanitation they need. You have to provide Tell that them to Nancy Pelosi. To, to, well, he's just shush for a minute. Tell it to they, Nancy the, Pelosi and, and Schumer, by the Brian way, Chuck. Nancy Pelosi and Schumer, they have a plan. He <laughs> won't even meet with them. The Republicans won't meet with okay. the Senate, and he, and he sits he sits on his golf course. And well, I mean, nah. literally, okay. think about it. You probably right, play more than it. I do, Joe. Uh, uh, oh. What about this question of reopenings and the fact? Well, he wants to shut down this country, oh. and I want to keep it open. And we you did get, a great thing by shutting it down. Shut it down. Wait a minute, Joe. Let, let, let me shut you down for a second, Joe, just for one second. We want to. He wants to shut down the country. We just went through it. We had to because we didn't know anything about the disease. Now we found that elderly people with heart problems and uh, diabetes and different problems are very, very vulnerable. We learned a lot. Young children aren't. Uh, even younger people aren't. We've learned a lot. But he wants to shut it down. More people will be hurt by continuing. If you look at Pennsylvania, if you look at certain states that have been shut down, they have Democrat governors all. One of the reasons they're shut down is because they want to keep it shut down until after the election on yeah. November 3rd. I want to move on to another subject. I want to move on to another subject. But those states, those states are not doing well that are shut down. Which has got to respond to that. President Trump, you have begun to increasingly question the effectiveness of masks as a disease preventer and, in fact, recently you have cited the, the issue of, of waiters touching their masks and touching plates. Are you questioning the efficacy of No, I think the, the masks efficacy are okay. Of, of you have masks? to understand, if you look, I mean, I have a mask right here. I put a mask on, you know, when I think I need it. Tonight, as an example, everybody's had a test and you've had social distancing and all of the things that you have to. But I Just wear like masks when needed. When needed, I wear masks. Okay, let me ask. I don't have to, I don't wear masks like him. Every time you see him, he's got a mask. He could be speaking... 200 feet away from it, he shows up with the biggest mask I've ever seen. I will, <laughs> Vice, say, Vice, I will Vice, say this. Vice President Biden, go ahead, sir. Look, the way to open businesses is give them the wherewithal to be able to open. We provided money. The Congress but I was asking you, sir, about masks. Well, masks mask make a big difference. His own head of the CDC said if we just wore masks between now, if there, everybody wore masks in social distance between now and January, we'd probably save up to 100,000 lives. It matters. And they've also it said matters. the opposite. They've and also said no, the opposite. No serious person said the opposite. They've no said, well, look, serious right, person. Dr. Fauci. Dr. Fauci said the he opposite. He did not I, I say the opposite. We got he said a very strongly, more than a minute left in this masks segment. are not good. Then he changed his mind. He said masks are good. I, I I'm okay ask, with masks. I'm I want to ask you both masks. about one last subject, because 
your different approaches has even affected the way that you have campaigned. Uh, President Trump, you're holding large rallies with crowds packed together, thousands of people. Outside. Outside, yes, sir. Agreed. Uh, Vice President Biden, you are holding much smaller uh, events with... nobody will show up. People with... <laughs> well, it's true. With... Nobody shows up to his rallies. Okay. All right. In any case, why you holding the big rallies? Why you not? You go first, sir. Because people want to hear what I have to say. I mean, but are you I've done worried a great about job as a president, and I'll have 25, 35,000 people show up at airports. We use airports. Are you not worried about we the have disease a lot of issues, people. sir? Well, so far, we have had no problem whatsoever. It's outside. That's a big difference, according to the experts. And we do them outside. We have tremendous crowds, as you see. I mean, every and, and literally on 24 hours' notice. And Joe does the circles and has three people someplace. Okay. Uh, by the way, did this, you, this, did you, did you see the, one of the last big rallies he had? And a reporter came up to him to ask him a question. He said, no, 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 stand back. Put on your mask. Put on a mask. Have you been tested? I'm way, I'm way far away from those other people. That's what he said. I can't. I, I'm going to be okay. He's not worried about you. He's not worried about the people out there breathing in one another. We've had no negative effect. No, no negative effect. effect. We've Come had on. no negative effect. And we've well, had... 35, 40,000 right. people want to these rallies. Just yes. quickly finish yeah. up, because I want to move on to our next Yes, question. I would. He's been totally irresponsible the way in which he has handled the, the social distancing and people wearing masks, basically encouraged them not to. All right. Ben, he's a fool on this. If you could get the crowds, you would have done the same thing. But you can't. Nobody cares. Gentlemen, can we move on Nobody to the economy? Gentlemen, can we move on to the economy? Yes. The economy is, I think it's fair to say, recovering faster than expected from the shutdown Much this, faster. in the second quarter. The unemployment rate fell to 8.4% last month. The Federal Reserve says the hit to, to growth, which is going to be there, is not going to be nearly as big as they had expected. President Trump, you say we are in a V-shaped recovery. Vice President Biden, you say it's more of a K-shape. What difference does that mean to the American people in terms of the economy. President Trump, in this segment, you go first. So we built the greatest economy in history. We closed it down because of the China plague. When the plague came in, we closed it down, which was very hard psychologically to do. He didn't think we should close it down, and he was wrong. And again, two million people would be dead now instead of still 204,000 people is too much. One person is too much. Should have never happened from China. But what happened is we closed it down, and now we're reopening. And we're doing record business. We had 10.4 million people in a four-month period that we've put back into the workforce. That's a record the likes of which nobody's ever seen before. And he wants to close down the... He will shut it down again. He will destroy this country. You know, a lot of people, between drugs and alcohol and depression, when you start shutting it down, you take a look at what's happening at some of your Democrat-run states where they have these tough shutdowns. And I'm telling you, it's because they don't want to open it. One of them came out last week. You saw that. Oh, we're going to open up on November 9th. Why November 9th? Because it's after the election. They think they're hurting us by keeping them closed. They're hurting people. People know what to do. They can social distance. They can wash the hands. They can wear masks. They can do whatever they want. But they got to open these states up. When you look at North Carolina, when you look and these governors are under siege, Pennsylvania, Michigan and a couple of others, you got to open these states up. It's not fair. You're talking about almost it's like being in prison. And you look at what's going on with divorce, look at what's going on with alcoholism and drugs. It's a very, very sad thing. And he'll close down the whole country. This guy will close down the whole country and destroy our country. 
Our country is coming back incredibly well, setting records as it does it. We don't need somebody to come in and say, let's shut it down. All right. Your two minutes, sir. We're now moved to you. As I, as I said, posing the question, the president says it's a V-shaped recovery. You say it's a K-shaped recovery. What's the difference? The difference is millionaires and billionaires like him in the middle of the COVID crisis have done very well. Another billionaires have, raised, have made another $300 billion because of his profligate tax uh, uh, proposal, and he only focused on the market. But you folks at home, you folks living in Scranton and Claymont and all the small towns and working-class towns in America, how well are you doing? This guy paid well, a total of $750 in taxes. Sir, sir, wait, wait, no. Sir, it's just two. Yeah, I understand. You've agreed to the two minutes, so please let him have it. Do I get my time back? The fact is that he has, in fact, worked on this in a way that he's going to be the first president of the United States to leave office having fewer jobs in his administration than when he became president. Fewer jobs than when he became president. First one in American history. Secondly, the people who have lost their jobs are those people who have been on the front lines, those people who have been saving our lives, those people who have been out there dying, people who have been putting themselves in a way to make sure that we could all try to make it. And the idea that he is insisting that we go forward and open when you have almost half the states in America with a significant increase in COVID deaths and COVID cases in the United States of America. And he wants to open it up more. Why does he want to open it up? Why doesn't he take care of the America? You can't fix the economy until you fix the COVID crisis. And he has no intention of doing anything about making it better for you all at home in terms of your health and your safety. Schools, why aren't schools open? Because it costs a lot of money to open them safely. You know, they, they were going to give, his administration was going to give the teachers and school students masks. And then they decided, no, couldn't do that because it's not a national emergency. Not a national emergency. They've done nothing to help small businesses. Nothing. They're closing. One in six is now gone. He ought to get on the job and take care of the needs of the American people so we can open safely. All right. Your time is up, sir. Well, we are going to get to the... I have gonna, to respond to that. Well, you both had two minutes, sir. Excuse me. He made a statement. I, so did you. People want their schools... No, people want their schools open. They don't want to be shut down. They don't want their state shut down. They want their restaurants. I look at New York. It's so sad what's happening in New York. It's almost like a ghost town. And I'm not sure it can ever recover what they've done in New York. People want their places open. They want to get back to their lives. People They'll want be to careful, be safe. but they want their schools open. Okay. Want I'm the one safe. that brought back football. By the way, I brought back Big Ten <laughs> football. It was me, and it, I'm very happy to do it. And <laughs> All right, people of Ohio are very proud of me. And you know we're how get I found out? When took- they talked about, Chris Wallace talks about, is it going to be a V-shaped recovery or a K-shaped recovery? And I have a vague understanding of what those things would mean. Mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't get the K-shaped one. What does that mean? I imagine that that means something like uh, this is just entirely me speculating. I could be entirely wrong, but I'm guessing that's something like what we basically have, where the stock market goes up and the real wealth goes oh, down for most okay. people. Okay, gotcha. I'm guessing. I, I could be, you know, I'm speculating here. Uh, that In other words, right. yeah, things get better for some and things get worse for others. So yeah, seems like the most likely outcome here. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. The economy. Donald Trump talked about. China, I guess the trade war. Um. Gentlemen, we're going to get to your economic plans going forward in a moment. But first, Mr. President, 
As you well know, there's a new report that in 2016, the year you were elected president, and 2017, your first year as president, that you paid $750 a year in federal income tax each of those years. I know that you pay a lot of other taxes, but I'm asking you the specific question. Is it true that you paid $750 in federal income taxes each of those two years? I paid millions of dollars in taxes, millions of dollars of income tax. And let me just tell you, there was a story in one of the papers. Show I paid, your tax I paid $38 million one year. I paid $27 million Show us your tax returns. I went uh, you'll see it as soon as it's finished. You'll see it. You know, oh. if you want to do, go to the Board of Elections. There's a 118-page or so report that says everything I have, every bank I have, I'm totally under-leveraged because the assets are extremely good, and we have a very — we have a — I built Sir, a great company. I'm asking company. you a specific question, which but is — let me tell you. I, I understand all of that. I, I understand return. all of that. But, but let me — No, Mr. President. Go ahead. I'm asking you a question. Will you tell us how much you paid in federal income taxes in 2016 and 2017? Millions of dollars. You paid millions of dollars? Millions in, of dollars, So yes. not seven hundred. Millions of dollars. And you'll get to see I, it. I, and you'll get to when? see it. But and let me Shala? just tell you, Chris, let me just tell you something, that it was the tax laws. I don't want to pay tax. Be before I came here, I was a private developer. I was a private business people. Like every other private person, unless they're stupid, they go through the laws, and that's what it is. He passed a tax bill that gave us all these privileges for depreciation and for uh, tax credits. We build a building and we get tax credits, like the hotel on Pennsylvania Avenue. You get okay. a massive, which, by the way, was given to me by the Obama administration, if you can believe that. Now, the man got fired yeah, no, 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 right after that happened. But Vice that's President Biden, you want to respond? Yeah, I do want to respond. Look, the tax code that made him put him in a position that he pays less tax than a school teacher makes on the money a school teacher makes is because of him take he says he's smart because he can take advantage of the tax code and he does take advantage of the tax code that's why i'm going to eliminate the trump tax cuts and we're going to i'm going to eliminate those tax okay. cuts and make sure that we invest in the people who in fact need the help People out there need help. But why didn't you do it over 20, uh, the no, last no, no, 25 wait, years? No, because you were president. Because you weren't president screwing things up. You were a senator. And you're the, the worst way, you president vice, America has ever had. Hey, hey Come Joe, on. Let me, let me just tell you, Joe. I've done more in in 47 months. I've done more than you've done in 47 years, Joe. We've done things that you never even thought of doing, okay. including Gentlemen, fixing the broken military that you gave me, let's, including let's, taking care of we're your talking, vets. Mr. President, we're talking about the economy. I'd like to ask you about your plans going forward, because, uh, Mr. Vice President, your economic plan, if you were to be yes, elected sir. president, uh, focuses a lot on big government, big taxes, big spending. I want to focus first on the taxes. You propose more than $4 trillion over a decade in new taxes, on individuals making more than $400,000 a year and on corporations. President Trump says that that kind of an increase in taxes is going to hurt the economy as it's just coming out of a recession. Well, just take a look at what as the, the analysis been done by Wall Street firms. Points out that my, my economic plan would create 7 million more jobs than his in four years, number one. And number two, it would create an additional $1 trillion in economic growth because it would be about buying American. 
that we have to, we're going to make this federal government spend $600 billion a year on everything from ships to steel to buildings and the like. And under my proposal, we're going to make sure that every penny of that has to be made by a company But, but respectfully, in sir, I'm talking about taxes, not spending. Oh, well, by the way, I'm going to eliminate a significant number of the tax. I'm going to make the, the, the corporate tax 28 percent. It shouldn't be 21 percent. You have 19 company, 91 companies, federal, I mean, in the Fortune 500, who don't pay a single penny in tax, making billions of dollars. Why didn't you do it billions before when you were vice president because, with Obama? Because you, in fact, passed that. That That's was right. your tax it, proposal. I got it done. And you know what happened? Yeah, you got it done. Our economy boomed and, and like it's and never and boomed. The economy well, is Mr. President, let, let me finish. Wait, no, let me, Mr. President, let me pick up on that. You would continue your free market approach, lower taxes, more deregulation, correct? Not lower taxes for American people. But, but, but let me, Excuse me. But in, but in Obama's, you talk about the economy booming, it turns out that in Obama's final three years as president, more jobs were created, a million and a half more jobs than in the first three years of your presidency. They had the slowest recovery since 19, uh. economic recovery since 1929. It was the slowest recovery. Also, they took over something that was down here. All you had to do is turn on the lights and you pick up a lot. But they had the what slowest economic recovery since 1929. Let me tell you about the stock market. When the stock market goes up, that means jobs. It also means 401ks. If you got in, if you ever became president with your ideas, you want to terminate my tax, my taxes, I, I'll tell you what, you'll lose half of the companies that have poured in here will leave, and plenty half of companies, companies that are already here, they'll leave for other places. Have they will leave, and you will have a depression the likes of which you've never seen. Look, Mr. we Vice inherited it. the worst recession short of a depression in American history. I was asked to bring it back. We were able to have an economic recovery that created the jobs you're talking about. We handed him a booming economy. He blew it. It wasn't he booming. Blew it. He blew it. Wasn't it wasn't booming. It was, was, a, it was the weakest the, recovery well, sir, is since it to, Wait, wait. Is it, fair to, is it fair to say he blew it when, in when fact, COVID there was no. when there was record un low unemployment yeah. before COVID? Yeah, but, but because what he did, even before COVID, manufacturing went in the hole. Manufacturing went in a hole. Excuse number me, one. Chris. Wait. Number two. Chris. Number three. They said they, it would take. Got, no, you're number two. No. Chris, Chris. They said it would this take a miracle to bring back manufacturing. I brought back 700,000 jobs. They brought back nothing. They gave up on manufacturing. We Part did of not my regret. standard fare. I'm the guy that brought totally back the automobile industry. He totally gave up on manufacturing. Right, let him know. We brought back, I was asked to bring back Chrysler and General Motors. We brought them back right here in the state of Ohio and Michigan. He blew it. They're gone. He blew it. And in fact, they're going. Ohio had the best year thing. it's ever had last year. Michigan yeah. had the best year they've ever had. That is not Many true. Many car companies not came in from Germany, from Japan, not, went to Michigan, no, went to Ohio. They're not having and that. And they Mr. didn't Vice, come wait, in wait, with wait, you. Mr. Vice President, go ahead. And so you take a look at what he's actually done. He's done very little. His trade deals are the same way. He talks about these great trade deals. You know, he talks about the art of the deal. China's made, perfected the art of the steel. We have a higher deficit with China now than we did before. We have the highest deficit, trade deficit China with Mexico. China ate your lunch, down right, 18%. In, in, China in, ate your lunch, uh, Joe. And but, no wonder uh, your son goes in and he takes out, he takes out billions uh, of dollars, takes out billions of dollars to manage. He makes millions of dollars. And also, Simply while we're at true. it, why Simply is it, just out of curiosity, 
The mayor of Moscow's wife gave your son three and a half million dollars. What did he true. do to deserve it? That what did he do with Barista to deserve one hundred eighty-three thousand dollars? None of that is true. Not an answer. Not none of that is true. Oh, really? Totally he didn't get three and a half million. Mr. President, he did. Totally, Mr. President, please. Totally discredited. Totally discredited. And by the way, well, wait. He didn't get three and a half million dollars, Joe. Mr. Vice he got three Mr. And a half President, that is not true. Oh, really, Mr. Oh, President, Mr. You, it's an it's an open discussion. Please, now, you, you, it's a fact. Well, there's, you there's have raised an issue. Let the been totally Vice President answer. Discredited. Did Barista was a pay report. him 183,000 a, a month with, with no he, experience he, in energy? Mr. Look, President, no my son did nothing wrong at Barista. I think he did, Mr. President. Let him answer. He doesn't want to let me answer because he knows I have the truth. His, his position has been totally, thoroughly discredited. By who? And the great. media. By everybody. Well, by the, by media, the media, by our allies, by the World Bank, by, e by everyone has discredited. Matter of Dude, fact, Nick, matter of fact, Mr. even President, the people who testified under oath. So let me ask oath, you this: Henry, No, no, oath. go ahead, Mr. Henry, I'm listening to you. People under he got three and a half he, he million testified, dollars from Moscow. Te he testified under oath in his administration. Said, "I did my job and I did it very well. Oh, really? I did it I'd honorably." Like to know who they are. Every, well, I'll give you the list I'll of the people them. who testified. No, no, go ahead, sir. Sure, you, they, you've already fired most of them because they did some a good job. Some people don't well, do a good here's job. The, with you, Go ahead. You get the the wait a minute. You get the final word, Mr. Well, it's hard to get any word in with this clown. Excuse me. This. Hey, hey this let me person. just say, Joe. No, no, no. I'm no. Mr. President. Three and a half Mr. million, President. Joe. That is simply. Why did not he deserve true. three and a half million it from did, Moscow? Look, here's the deal. We want to talk about families and ethics. I don't want to do that. I mean, his family, we could talk about all night. His family's my already... Family no, 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 let him go. My I, family already lost wrote. a fortune by coming down and helping us with government. Ahead, and that's Every, such a... Every right single one of them lost this a fortune. This is not about my family, family or his family. It's government. about your family. They didn't the American people. He doesn't... That's not true. It doesn't want to talk about what you need, you, the American people. It's about you. That's what we're talking about here. All right, that's the, end of the, here. that's the end of the Shouldn't segment. We're, mo money. we're moving on. There's, he didn't take them. Well, Vice President, Chris, no. Can I be honest? It's a very important try question. Try to be honest. No, I, he I stood up. No, stood I, I, the answer to the question is no. Ukraine, no, I, sir. With a billion dollars, if you don't get rid of that, is absolutely you know what, you're, wait, not stop. true. You're going to have not true. Gentlemen. I hate to raise Chris, my voice, but I see it seems to be. Why should I be different than the two of you? So here's the deal. Good point. We have six segments. We have ended that segment. We're going to go to the next segment. In that segment, you each are going to have two uninterrupted moments. In those two interrupted minutes, Mr. President, you can say anything you want. He, great job. Kept economy open. Uh, and Biden said something. You people in small towns, how well are you doing? Trump said, well, oh, they're doing well. <laughs> Unlikely. <laughs> nice of Trump to speak for people in the small towns. Um, Trump's taxes. I don't know. Trump said something. Biden said, you're the worst president we've ever had. Biden says, my tax more jobs. Corporate tax rate of 28%, not 21%, which is apparently what it is now. Mm-hmm. Uh, Trump said Obama had the worst, the slowest economic recovery since 1929. He says, you raise taxes, you'll have the biggest recession you've ever seen. It's like, we're already in a recession, possibly going into a depression. You never really know when these things begin exactly. 
Mm-hmm. Um, Biden said something. Trump said, uh, China ate your lunch, Joe. Your son goes there. He takes out billions of dollars. Your son goes. The mayor of Moscow's wife give your son $3.5 million. Talks about Burisma, blah, 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 blah. Just a bunch of stuff. And Biden said, my son did nothing wrong at Burisma. And mm-hmm. Wallace, Chris Wallace says, Mr. President, please stop. And Biden says, it's hard to get any word in with this clown. I mean, this person. Come on, Joe. Just just call him a clown. Mm-hmm. Um, Trump at one point said, can I be honest? And Biden said, he can try to be honest. It's like just <laughs> more petty sniping, but accurate. Uh, next topic was race. In those two interrupted minutes, Mr. President, you can say anything you want. I'm going to ask a question about race, but if you want to answer about something else, go ahead. But we, we, I think that the country would be better served if we allowed both people to speak with fewer interruptions. I, I'm appealing to you, sir, to do that. Well, and him too. Well, frankly, you've been doing more interrupting well, than he right, has. that's all right, but he does plenty. Well, less than, <laughs> sir, yeah, less does than... does plenty. No, he less does. than you have. Let's please continue on. The issue of race. Vice President Biden, you say that President Trump's response to the violence in Charlottesville three years ago when he talked about very fine people on both sides was what directly led you to launch this run for president. Oh, yeah, sure. President Trump, you have often said that you believe you have done more for black Americans than any president with the possible exception of Abraham Lincoln. My question for the two of you is why should voters trust you rather than your opponent to deal with the race issues facing this country over the next four years? Vice President Biden, you go first. It's about equity and equality. It's about decency. It's about the Constitution. And we have never walked away from trying to require equity for everyone, equality for the whole of America. But we've never accomplished it. But we've never walked away from it like he has done. It is true. The reason I got in the race is when those people, close your eyes, remember what those people look like coming out of the fields carrying torches, their veins bulging, spewing, just spewing anti-Semitic bile and accompanied by the Ku Klux Klan. A young woman got killed. And they asked the president what he thought. He said there were very fine people on both sides. No president's ever finish said anything thing. like that. Finish it, it, it is his Now, second, minutes, sir. second point I'd make to you is that when Floyd was killed, when Mr. Floyd was killed, there was a peaceful protest in front of the White House. What did he do? He came out of his bunker, had the military do, use tear gas on him so he could walk across to a church and hold up a Bible. And then what happened after that? The bishop of that very church said that it was the disgrace. The general who was with him said he all he, all he ever wants to do is divide people, not unite people at all. This is a president who has used everything as a dog whistle to try to generate racist hatred, racist division. This is a man who, in fact, you talk about helping African-Americans. One in 1,000 African-Americans has been killed because of the coronavirus. And if he doesn't do something quickly, by the end of the year, one in 500 will have been killed. One in 500 African-Americans. This man, this man is the, is the savior of African-Americans? This man cares at all? This man's done virtually nothing. Look, the fact is that you have to look at what he talks about. You have to look at what he did. And what he did has been disastrous for the African-American community. So, 
President Trump, you have two minutes. Why should Americans right. trust you over your opponent to deal with racism? You did a crime bill, 1994, where you called them super predators, African Americans, the super predators, and they've never forgotten it. They've never forgotten it, I've Joe. Never no, no, sir, it's his two minutes. So you did that, and they call you a super predator, and I'm letting people out of jail now that you have treated the African American population community. You have treated the black community about as bad as anybody in this country. You did the 1990. And that's why, if you look at the polls, I'm doing better than any Republican has done in a long time, because they saw what you did. You call them super predators, and you've called them worse than that, because you look back at your testimony over the years, you've called them a lot worse than that. As far as the church is concerned, and as far as the generals are concerned, we just got the support of 200 mil 250 military leaders and generals. Total support. Law enforcement, almost every law enforcement group in the United States. I have Florida, I have Texas, I have Ohio, I have every, excuse me, Portland. The sheriff just came out today and he said, I support President Trump. I don't think you have any law enforcement. You can't even say the word law enforcement because if you say those words, you're going to lose all of your radical left supporters. And why aren't you saying those words, Joe? Why don't you say the words law enforcement? Because, you know what, if they called us in Portland, we would put out that fire in a half an hour, but they won't do it because they're run by radical left Democrats. If you look at Chicago, if you look at any place you want to look, Seattle, they heard we were coming in the following day and they put up their hands and we got back Seattle. Minneapolis, we got it back, Joe, because we believe in law and order, but you don't. The top 10 cities and just about the top 40 cities are run by Democrats and, in many cases, radical left. And they've got you wrapped around their finger, Joe, to a point where you don't want to say anything about law and order. And I'll tell you what, the people of this country want and demand law and order, and you're afraid to even say it. All right. I want, to, I want to return to the question of race. Vice President Biden, after the grand jury in the Breonna Taylor case, decided not to charge any of the police with homicide. You said it raises the question, quote, whether justice could be equally applied in America. Do you believe that there is a separate but unequal system of justice for blacks in this country? Yes, there is. There's systemic injustice in this country, in education, in work, and in in law enforcement and the way in which it's enforced. But look, the vast majority of police officers are good, decent, honorable men and women. They risk their lives every day to take care of us. But there are some bad apples. And when they occur, when they find them, they have to be sorted out. They have to be held accountable. They have to be held accountable. And what I'm going to do as President of the United States is call a, a together an entire group of people at the White House well, everything from the civil rights groups to the police officers, to the police chiefs, and we're going to work this out. We're going to work this out so we change the way in which we have more transparency in when these things happen. These cops aren't happy to see what happened to, to, to George Floyd. These cops aren't happy to see what happened to Breonna Taylor. Most don't like it, but we have to have a system where people are held accountable. When, and by the way, violence in response is never appropriate, never appropriate. Peaceful protest is. Violence is never appropriate. All right, what is peaceful President, protest? When they run through the middle President, of the town Trump, and burn down President your stores Trump, and kill people President all over Trump, the place, that and you is say not peaceful, peaceful protest? President Trump, no, it's I'm not, not asking. But you say it is. President Trump, I'd like to continue with yes, the issue ahead, of race. Please. I promise we're going to get to the issue of law and order please. in a moment. Fine. This month, your administration uh, directed federal agencies to end 
racial sensitivity training that addresses white privilege or critical race theory. Why did you decide to do that, to end racial sensitivity training? And do you believe that there is systemic racism in this country, sir? I ended it because it's racist. I ended it because a lot of people were complaining that they were asked to do things that were absolutely insane, that it was a radical uh, revolution that was taking place in our military, uh, in our schools, all over the place, and you know it, and so does what, everybody what, what else. Is radical, and he would know. Uh, what is oh, radical was totally about racist. racial sensitivity training? Sir. If you were a certain person, you had no status in life. It was sort of a reversal. And if you look at the people, we were paying people hundreds of thousands of dollars to teach very bad ideas and, frankly, very sick ideas. And, and really, they were teaching people to hate our country. And I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to allow that to happen. We have to go back to the core values of this country. They were teaching people that our country is a horrible place, it's a racist place, and they were teaching people to hate our country. And I'm no not going to allow that to happen. Vice President Biden? Nobody's doing that. He's just, he's oh, you, racist. You, you just don't know. Here's the deal. I, I know a lot more about you this. Don't know. Let him finish. The fact is that there is racial insensitivity. People have to be made aware of what other people feel like, what, what insults them, what is demeaning to them. It's important that people know they don't want to. Many people don't want to hurt other people's feelings, but it's, it makes a big difference. It makes a gigantic difference in the way a child is able to grow up and have a, self, a sense of self-esteem. It's a little bit like how this guy and, and his friends look down on so many people. They look down their nose on people like Irish Catholics like me and grew up in Scranton. They look down on people who don't have money. They look down on people who are of a different faith. They look down on people who are a different color. In fact, we're all Americans. The only way we're going to bring this country together is bring everybody together. There's nothing we cannot do if we do it together. We can take this on and we can defeat racism Vice in America. President, I mean, President Trump, sir. During the Obama-Biden administration, there was tremendous division. There was hatred. You look at uh, Ferguson. You look at you go to very many places. Look at Oakland. Look what happened in Oakland. Look what happened in Baltimore. Look what happened. To, frankly, it was more violent than what I'm even seeing now. Oh, my but Lord. the reason this is, is that the Democrats Absolutely that run these cities ridiculous. don't want to talk like you about law and order. Violent and you crime. still haven't mentioned. Violent Are crime. you in favor of law and order? I'm in favor of law. You follow you in favor of law and order? Go yes, I'm in favor. You asked a question, let him finish. Law and order. Law and order. Let him Law and order with justice, where people get treated fairly. And the fact of the matter is, violent crime went down 17%, 15% in our administration. It's gone up on his watch. Went down much more. He has, All right, we're, he we're is you're, Mr. The President, you're going to, Mr. President, every record in the Mr. President, you're going to be very happy because we're now going to talk me, about law and order. Since we had trouble, we're Democratic-run cities. That's exactly my Democratic question. There has been a dramatic increase in homicides in America. Chris Wallace mm -hmm. talked about. Uh, he, he, well, he mentions because I don't know. There's some crosstalk. He says the country would be better served by fewer interruptions, sir. And and Trump says, and him too, right? And Wallace says, frankly, you've been doing more. Trump says, but him too. <laughs> so again, just the pettiness. Um, Biden talked about Charlottesville, the George Floyd uh, attacked protesters to hold Bible in front of church, etc. Mm -hmm. Donald Trump talked about the 1994 crime bill. 
You called them super predators. The people of this country want law and order, and you won't even say it because of the radical left. Biden talked about there are some police bad apples. Uh, Can we just talk about how bad of analogy use that is to talk about bad apples as if that doesn't mean the entire barrel's rotten? Well, I, I hate how people use that. Okay. The phrase in total is a few bad apples spoil the bunch. So if mm. there are bad apples in the bunch, it means they have already spoiled the rest of the bunch. And you should have taken them out before you put them in with the rest of them because that has caused the other ones to rot. It doesn't mean that there's only one bad thing in a group. And if you take that out, everything goes back to normal. They have already infected everyone else in the thing. So you don't put the bad apple in the bunch to begin with. <laughs> That's a bad yeah. analogy. The and that was another yeah. example. Of well, and I mean, and I think like, I mean, the fact is that the George Floyd situation, um, you know, one guy killed the guy, but three other cops were standing there watching and keeping civilians away from the situation. Right. I mean, like, so it, it, it's not like there was one bad apple and 75% good. It was like there's one bad apple and 75% helping him or, you know, not stopping him. So it's, you know, I don't know. It's, uh, you know, I mean, Biden's got to walk a, a certain line here, I suppose. Um, there was some stuff in there about how Joe Biden doesn't have any police support from the unions or whatever. Uh, I think, you know, police unions are quite different from almost any other union in America. But mm-hmm. um, let's see. Chris Wallace brought up that Donald Trump had recently ended race sensitivity training. Um, Trump said it was radical. It was he said, if you are a certain type of person, then it's kind of bad for you or something. He's like there's something in there about basically saying if you're a white person, then the racial sensitivity training is not good or something. It's targeting you or something. He said they were teaching people to hate our country. Biden said, you're the racist. He talked about bringing everyone together, beating racism. And Trump said there was tremendous racial division under Obama. Um which is true, largely due to the fact that Donald Trump ran the birther campaign. Um, let's see. Um, but, I mean, it, it is a fair point to make that in the last year of tr- Obama's presidency, there were, you know, there was violence. There were protests. There were deaths. There were, you know, the I can't breathe stuff. There was a lot of bad stuff going on there. So it's, you know, it isn't all just Donald Trump on this situation. It is, you know, frankly, it's the police. <laughs> So under Democratic or Republican administrations, and it's curious how this kind of thing seems to pop up in the election years, frankly. Um, let's see. Um, he, he asked Biden, are you in favor of law and order? Biden said law and order and justice. And that brought us to question five, which was law and order. This summer, particularly, and you often blame that on Democratic mayors and Democratic governors, but in fact, there have been equivalent spikes in Republican-led cities like Tulsa and Fort Worth. So the question is, is this really a party issue? I think it's a party issue. You can bring in a couple of examples, but if you look at Chicago, what's going on in Chicago, where uh, 53 people were shot and eight died shot. If you look at New York, where it's going up like nobody's ever seen anything, the numbers are going up 100, 150, 200 percent. 
uh, crime. Republican it's, it is cities. crazy what's going on. Repub and he doesn't want to say law and order because he can't, because he'll lose his radical left supporters. And once he does that, it's over with. But if he ever got to run this country, and they ran it the way he would want to run it, we would have we would our suburbs would be gone. By suburbs. the way, our suburbs would be gone, and you would see problems like you've he never seen. He would know right. a suburb unless he took a wrong turn. Oh, I know suburbs he would not. so much I was better. Got, go ahead. I would, Wait a minute. I was so raised in the suburbs. This is not 1950. All these dog whistles on racism don't work anymore. Suburbs are, by and large, integrated. There are as many people today driving their kids to soccer practice and or to uh, black and white and Hispanic in the same car as there have been any time in, in the past. What's, what really is a threat to the suburbs and their safety is his failure to deal with COVID. They're dying in the suburbs. His failure to deal with the environment. They're being flooded. They're being burned out because okay. his refusal to do anything. That's why the suburbs are in trouble. I, I do want to talk about this issue of law and order, though. And in the joint recommendation that came from the Biden-Bernie Sanders task force, you talked about, quote, reimagining policing. Yeah. First of all, what does reimagining policing mean, and do you support... It means... Uh, uh, let me, if I might finish the question. What does reimagining policing mean, and do you support the Black Lives Matter uh, call for, uh, for community control of policing? Look, what I support is the police having the opportunity to deal with the problems they face. And I'm, not, I'm totally opposed to defunding the police officers. As a matter of fact, police, local police, the only one defunding in his budget calls for a $400 million cut in local law enforcement assistance. They need more assistance. They need, when they show up for a 9-11 call, to have someone with them as a psychologist or psychiatrist to keep them from having to use force and be able to talk people down. We have to have community policing like we had before, where the officers get to know the people in the communities. That's when crime went down. It didn't go up. It went down. And so we have to be engaged. That's not what in they're talking about, that's, Chris. That's well, not what that, they're talking about. He's exactly, talking about defunding the that, police. That is not true. He doesn't have any would, law would you, support. Look, he has no law enforcement That's support. not true. Almost that's nothing. Not, that, look. Oh, Roy, who do you have? Name one group that supports you. Name one group that came out and supported you. Go look, ahead. Look, think. We have time. We don't have time to do no, anything. No, no. All right. Look, Name folks, one law enforcement folks. group that came well, out think, and I supported you. Gentlemen, I think, gentlemen, I think I'm going to take back the there moderator's role. I don't think there and are I want, any. And I want to get to another subject, which is the issue of protests in many cities that have turned violent. In Portland, Oregon especially, we had a, more than 100 straight days of protests which I think you would agree, you talk about peaceful protests, many of those turned We're into riots. Mr. Vice President, you say that people who commit crimes should be held accountable. The question I have, though, is, as the Democratic nominee, and earlier tonight you said that you are the Democratic Party right now, have you ever called the Democratic mayor of Portland or the Democratic governor of Oregon and said, hey, you've got to stop this, bring in the National Guard, do whatever it takes, but you'd stop the days and months of violence in Portland. I don't hold public office now. I am a former vice president. I've made it clear, I've made it clear in my public statements that the violence should be prosecuted. It should be prosecuted, and anyone who commits it but should be But you've never called for the people, uh, the, the leader, excuse me, sir, you have never called for the leaders in Portland and 
in Oregon to call it, bring they, in the National Guard and knock well, off 100 days of riots. They can, in fact, take care of it if he just stay out of the way. Oh, Look here. Oh, really? Here, oh, really? Here's but the thing. That, uh, no, I that, sent sorry, in the no, wait, U.S. Marshals to get the killer no, of the that, young man in the middle of the street, and they shot him. Uh, and for three Ms. days, President Trump, Trump Portland President wouldn't Trump, do anything. I had to send in the U.S. Marshals. They took care of business. Go ahead, sir. And by the way, you know, his own former spokesperson said, you know, riots and chaos and violence help his cause. That's what this is all about. I don't know who said that. I do. Who? I think who? It, Kellyanne Conway. I don't think she said that. She said that. And so here's the all right. But here's the point. The ahead, point sir. is that that's what he is keeps trying to rile everything up. He doesn't want to calm things down. Instead of going in and talking to people and saying, let's get everybody together, figure out how to deal with this. What's he do? He just pours gasoline in the fire constantly, and every single solitary okay, time. Okay, and, and to end this, button up this segment, I'm going to give you a minute to answer, sir. You have repeatedly well, criticized... Wait, I have to answer his statement. No, you have his repeatedly... Statement. Wait, you have repeat, No, you've been talking he back and forth. He made a statement. I'm asking you... I would a, love no, to you know, end sir, it. I would love to I, end I, it. I, you know, if you want to switch seats... We, we could very quickly. We could do that, but I'd I'm not. Send no, in I'm, the National I'm, Guard, it would be over. There'd be no problem. Okay. But they but, don't want to accept the National Guard. You have repeatedly we, criticized the, the vice president for not specifically calling out Antifa and other left wing extremist right. groups. But are you willing tonight to condemn white supremacists and militia groups sure. and to say that they need to stand down and not? add to the violence in a number of these cities, as we saw in Kenosha and as we've seen in Portland. Sure, Are you I'm prepared to, to do specifically that, do it? Well, I, go would ahead, say, I would say almost everything I see is from the left wing. Not from the right so wing. So what are you? What are you, you look, what are you saying? I'm, I'm willing to do anything. I want to see well, peace. Then do it, sir. Say I'm, it. Do it. Say it. Do you want to call them? What do you want to call them? Give me a name. Give me a white name. White supremacists and right wing. Who would you like me to condemn? White supremacists and right wing. Stand back and stand by, but I'll tell you what, I'll tell you what, somebody's got to do something about Antifa and the left, because this is not a right-wing problem. His this own is a left-wing problem. This is a left-wing problem. White supremacist. Antifa's an idea, not an organization. Oh, you got it, Not malicious. That's what oh, his really? FBI... It's an idea. His okay. FBI director Gentlemen, said. Well, we're then gonna, you know what? No, no, no we're, done, we're done, sir. Everybody, we're moving on to the next. We're moving on to the next. That's not an idea. Everybody Antifa in your administration tells you the truth is a, has a bad idea. Can I tell you what? You have no Antifa, ideas. That are Antifa is a dangerous radical. All right, radical gentlemen, group. we're now moving on to the Trump and, and you Biden records. Them. They'll overthrow you. When a president, I'm going to ask a question. When the president seeks a second term, it is generally a referendum on his record. But Vice President Biden, you like to quote one of your dad's sayings, which is, don't compare me to the almighty, compare me to the alternative. And in this case, sir, you are the alternative. Looking at both of your records, I'm going to ask each of you, why should voters elect you president over your opponent? In this segment, President Trump, you go first, two minutes. Because there has never been an administration or president who has done more than I've done in a period of three and a half years. And that's despite the impeachment hoax. And you saw what happened today with Hillary Clinton, where it was a whole big con job. But despite going through all of these things, where I had to fight both flanks and behind me and, and above, there has never been an administration that's done what I've done. The greatest, before COVID came in, the greatest economy in history, lowest unemployment numbers. Everything was good. Everything was going. And by the way, there was unity going to happen. People were calling me for the first time in years. They were calling 
And they were saying, it's time, maybe, and then what happened? We got hit, but now we're building it back up again. A rebuilding of the military, including Space Force and all of the other things. A, a fixing of the, the VA, which was a mess under him. 308,000 people died because they didn't have proper health care. He, he was a mess. And we now got a 91 percent approval rating at the VA, our vets. We take care of our vets. But we've rebuilt our military. The job that we've done, and, and I'll tell you something, some people say maybe the most important. By the end of the first term, I'll have approximately 300 federal judges and court of appeals judges, 300, and hopefully three great Supreme Court judges, justices. That is a record, the likes of which very few people. And you know one of the reasons I'll have so many judges? Because President Obama and him left me 128 judges to fill. When you leave office, you don't leave any judges. That's like you just don't do that. They left 128 openings. And if I were a member of his party, because they have a little different philosophy, I'd say if you left us 128 openings, you can't be a good president. You can't be a good vice president. But I want to thank you because it gives us almost It'll probably be above that number by the end of this term. I'm sorry. 300 judges. It's a record. Looking at both your records, why should voters elect you president as opposed to President Under Trump? You have two minutes uninterrupted. Under this president, we become weaker, sicker, poor, more divided, and more violent. When I was vice president, we inherited a recession. I was asked to fix it. I did. We left him a booming economy, and he caused the recession. With regard to being weaker, the fact is that I've gone head-to-head -head with Putin and made it clear to him we're not going to take any of his stuff. He's Putin's puppy. He still refuses to even say anything to Putin about the bounty on the heads of American soldiers. Your son got and three no, no, million no. dollars. Your, and Mr. by the way, Mr. my son— Mr. Wait a minute. Mr. President, your campaign agreed to— both sides would get two-minute answers uninterrupted. Well, your, your side agreed to it, and why don't you observe what your campaign agreed to as a ground rule, okay, sir? He never keeps his word. Because Can you add no, back, No, sir? no, He's I'm not asking. That was a rhetorical question. Can you Go add ahead, sir. Go ahead, back 30 seconds? Yeah, because, yes, okay. you may have. All right. Go ahead. So, thirdly, we're poor. The billionaires have gotten much, much more wealthy by a tune of over four, three to $400 billion more just since COVID. You in the home, you got less. You're in more trouble than you were before. In terms of being more violent, when we were in office, there were 15 percent less violence in America than there is today. He's president of the United States. It's on his watch. And with regard to more divided, the nation can't stay divided. We can't be this way. And speaking of my son, the way you talk about the military, the way you talk about them being losers and being and, 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 and just being suckers. My son was in Iraq. He spent a year there. He got, the, he got the Bronze Star. He got the Conspicuous Service Medal. He was not a loser. He was a patriot. And the people left behind oh, there really? were heroes. Really? And I resent Are you talking like about Hunter? Hell. Are you talking about I'm Hunter? I'm talking about my son, Bo Biden. You're talking I don't about know. I don't know, Bo. I know Hunter. Yeah, Hunter, you know got thrown, Hunter got thrown out of the military. He was thrown out, dishonorably discharged. That's not true. For it wasn't cocaine use, and he didn't have a job until you became vice president. Once you None became of that vice president, he made a fortune in Ukraine, in China, in Moscow, that is simply and various not other places. True. 
He my made son, a fortune. Gentlemen, my son. And he didn't have a job. My son, like a lot of people, like a lot of people we know at home, had a drug problem. He's overtaken it. He's, he's, he's fixed it. He's worked on it. And I'm proud of him. But why was he given tens of millions of dollars? All right. But he wasn't given tens of millions of dollars. That is totally discredited. We've already been totally discredited. We've, both, we've already been through this. I think the American people would rather hear about more substantial so subjects. Well, you know, yes. as the moderator, sir, I'm going to make a, I know, a judgment when call here. Three and a half million okay, dollars right. from the let's mayor talk about, of Moscow. Let's talk about not true. Gentlemen, that report is totally Why discredited. Did he get it? I, I, I Mitt think, Romney on that committee said it wasn't worth taxpayers' gen, money. That report it was written for political you, reasons. You know, I'd like to talk about climate change. So would I. Okay. Let's see. Trump said he can't say law and order because of the radical left. <laughs> and Biden said something. He, ta he Trump talked about the, the suburbs and Biden said he wouldn't know a suburb if he took a wrong turn. He says, I was brought up in the suburbs. And talked about I'm against defunding the police, local law enforcement, community policing, which Trump is defunding. <laughs> um, let's see. Chris Wallace said, you've. You've said you are the Democratic Party. Have you ever called on Democratic mayors to end the violence? <laughs> like, I don't think that's I don't think that's Joe Biden's job. Mm -hmm. uh, I think I think this is an interesting point uh, where it's where where they tried he tried to pin him down on this. Chris Wallace did because he was trying to say, well, there's been Democratic mayors for years and blah blah blah. But like, I think the reason that this doesn't connect with Trump, whether he says it or not, is he doesn't consider himself to be the leader of the cities at all. He considers himself to be the president only of his supporters in the rural areas. Anywhere that is not that is not America to him. So this is not a contradiction to him or his supporters because they don't consider the places that didn't vote for Trump to be part of America. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean – Wallace was talking to Biden. He was asking Biden mm -hmm. if he was who'd call on the Democratic mayors to end the violence. But, right. but yeah, we've seen that again and again with the COVID stuff too. Donald Trump thinks as long as people are dying in Democratic cities and stuff, you know, it's not his problem, not a big yes. deal. I think you know, there's, I think there should be uh, that. That's something that if they ever bring charges against Jared, I think Jared said something about that at a certain point too that he didn't. They weren't concerned as long as it was staying in like New York and California or something. So. Uh, exactly. Again, this and this is kind of like you know all these Republicans and stuff on Facebook or whatever today who are like, how dare the liberals be happy that this man has COVID nineteen now? It's like he didn't give a shit when we got it. Fuck him. <laughs> you know, he was happy. He was only too happy to let it ravage you know democratic communities. Uh, but you know this and this is what he gets. It's his, it's a result of his own stupidity that he's got it probably. So. Um, let's see. Uh, let's see. So Chris Wallace asked him, you know, have you ever called on Democratic mayors to end the violence? And Biden said, I don't hold political office. I'm a former vice president. And uh, let's see. Uh, Chris Wallace asked Trump, you've criticized not calling out Antifa. Would you call out white supremacists? And Trump says, I am willing to do anything. What do you want me to call them? I only see I only see a left wing problem. Uh, and Joe Biden said, then call them, then call them something, say it. He said, Antifa is an idea, not an organization, um, which was a, you know, remarkably nuanced, uh, take from a centrist Democrat, I would say. And 
Trump said, they'll come for you too, meaning like the Antifa is going to attack Joe Biden or something. Um, uh, that uh, you, you really got to drop the sound in there because, again, they were talking a mile a minute. I'm trying to take notes. Yeah. And that whole exchange that I mean, that's that's been kind of like the lightning exchange from the whole thing was they said to mm-hmm. Donald Trump, well, you condemn white supremacists. And he said, well, yeah, sure, I can do, I can condemn them. I mean, like, who do you want me to condemn? And they for some reason, somebody threw in, uh, you know, the uh, the Proud Boys. <laughs> I think Biden plays that. Like, didn't he? Huh? Biden threw that in, didn't he? I didn't catch whether it was Wallace or Biden who threw in the problem. I thought it was Biden. Sure. I, I'll have to check the tape, but I thought he, maybe he mentioned it. But anyway, I, I, I also think the coverage of that moment was a little bit off, too, because people were like, oh, he didn't condemn white supremacy. I'm like, he went further. He gave them orders. Like, that was more than just not saying he was he told them to what stand by and stand back or stand ready or whatever. Like, yeah, that's stand not, back and stand by. I think that's not just not condemning. That's giving direct orders. So that's even worse. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, the guy should be tried for treason. I mean, he's he's basically fomenting a a an extra uh, an extra governmental uh, militia. You know, basically, you know, we, we were talking about like brown shirts back in 2016. People thought we were crazy. This is it, motherfuckers. <laughs> this is, mm-hmm. you know, this is it. <laughs> this is, uh, this is how it happens. You know, you, you, you get somebody sending, you know, sending dog whistle signals to people in his audience who knows what he means. Yeah, just and talking about, you know, we need somebody to fight Antifa. Like Antifa is a reaction to fascists. So if we've got fascists and then we've got Antifa, <laughs> then we've got somebody to fight the Antifa who are also racist or fascist, and yeah. you think that's a good thing, like. Yeah, the, the whole Antifa thing, I, I don't mean to keep going off topic here, but that is that sticks in my cross so bad because the way you say Antifa isn't the same pronunciation of fascism. Uh, you would say Antifa, but why do you need, is it really that long of a word that we can't just say anti-fascist? It's like, we could say that, and then people would know that if you're anti-anti this, it means by the laws of simple mathematics that you are the thing that it's anti. So it's like, if we said the whole word and said it in the correct pronunciation, I don't think they'd be able to be like, oh, this random thing. Because it sounds so foreign and weird, and we've never heard this before. Antifa, who's this? It's like MS-13, they're coming, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. But it's like, you know, if you actually spell it out, you can make people go through the exercise. It's like it's a little more obvious what's going on. So. Yeah, well, I don't know. I feel like there's a whole like history to Antifa that I'm not aware of as far as like – where they came from, what their origins were, how they got their name and stuff or whatever. Like, I don't know. I have a feeling they probably have decades of history or something. They've only really come into the public spotlight now. Yeah. But, um, yeah, it's, uh, I don't know. The whole debate is really stupid because Antifa until, until that one guy, they hadn't killed anybody. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, what, what's his name? The guy out in Oregon who, uh, in some sort of an altercation, he shot and killed a Trump supporter, a Patriot oh, yeah. Prayer member, I believe. Mm-hmm. And then he gave an interview to Vice where he said, yeah, I, th- I, would de- I did it in self-defense. And the next thing we know, like that same day that the interview drops, he's been killed by U.S. Marshals who Trump sent out there. Mm-hmm. I want an investigation of that. Yeah. Like just the difference between him and Kyle Rittenhouse or whatever, the treatment, where now it's come out that even – 
the Trump administration has given orders to people about when they're talking about Kyle Rittenhouse, try to emphasize like what a good guy he was or something. Mm-hmm. Like that's their that's their talking points or something mm-hmm. when they go out there. Like they're they're playing favorites with domestic. Uh, well, yeah. I don't know if we can say domestic terrorists, but people people are committing domestic political violence. Uh, mm-hmm. If you're on their side, the government supports you, wants to talk you up. Christian fundamentalists will raise a million dollars for your yep. defense. If you're on the other side and it's an unclear situation, we don't even really know what happened. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, we're going to send government thugs to come and execute you. No body cams. We're going to say you had a gun. Some preacher's going to say you didn't have a gun. We just came mm-hmm. up and shot you. And there's no trial. Yeah, I think it's worth noting that in uh, you know pre-World War II Germany, the brown shirts would go into uh, more liberal areas of Germany and, and start up trouble just so that they could point to the lawless areas as need for, you know, the Reich or whatever. So I don't know. That that seems pertinent. <laughs> yeah. Well, Bob, a history lesson is not going to work on the idiots in the Trump coalition. So. <laughs> 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 yeah. Anyways, so that's a that's a whole other thing. That's something that I think needs to be looked at too. Just the whole like, I mean, I think the number of things that need to be investigated. Uh, criminally, I think, after this president leaves office, peacefully or otherwise, um, it's it is uh, it is legion. So, mm-hmm. um, let's see. Biden, Trump was saying Obama and Biden left me 128 judges to fill. Judge opening. You don't leave judge openings or you're a bad president. Uh, which is ridiculous because Obama and Biden didn't do that. Mitch McConnell did that. So, again, it's just kind of like like this kind of like, why are you hitting yourself? Oh, look, why are you hitting yourself? Ha, ha, ha. You know, it's just like this kind of like thing, like blaming people for something that <laughs> your own side is doing to them or whatever. It's like it's total bully move. And uh, I don't know. Biden said at some point everything is worse. Um, Wallace warned him. Warren Trump, sir, your campaign agreed to two uninterrupted minutes. Can you stop? And Biden said he never keeps his word. Mm-hmm. And he started talking about my son served in the military. And Trump, he's waiting for this. He says, are you talking about Hunter? And Biden says, I'm talking about Bo. And Trump says, I don't know about Bo. I know about Hunter. <laughs> he got dishonorably discharged for using cocaine. And Biden, like, my drug problem, he fixed it. We're proud of him. He he was not dishonorably discharged. And I'm just thinking, I mean, yes, okay, he, he, he gets some sympathy votes for people who say, okay, yeah, that was a humane way to handle that. I'm thinking, no, there's a couple of things you could have hit him on there. Yeah, you, you know, you don't know my son, Bo, who died of cancer in 2015, 2016. You don't know about him. You, you know, he served the country. He was in the military that you claim to support. You know, you, you don't know about that. Like, he could have really played that angle up. I think the other thing is he could have said, you, you know, you want to talk about my son's cocaine use? I'll have my son and your son, John, uh, Joe, Don Jr., do a cocaine test right now. <laughs> I thought he was going to say, well, son <laughs> whacked out on TV every with his with his freak uh, Gilfoyle or whatever her name is. Uh-huh screaming at the convention. Good evening, America. I'm Kimberly Guilfoyle. I speak to you tonight as a mother, a former prosecutor, a Latina, and a proud American. And yes, a proud supporter of President Donald J. Trump. 
Why? Because he is the president who delivers for America. He built the greatest economy the world has ever known for the strivers, the working class and middle class. As commander in chief, he always puts America first. President Trump is the law and order president. Now presidential leadership is not guaranteed. It is a choice. Biden, Harris, and the rest of the socialists will fundamentally change this nation. They want open borders, closed schools, dangerous amnesty, and will selfishly send your jobs back to China while they get rich. They will defund, dismantle, and destroy America's law enforcement. When you are in trouble and need police, don't count on the Democrats. As a first-generation American, I know how dangerous their socialist agenda is. My mother, Mercedes, was a special education teacher from Aguadilla, Puerto Rico. My father, also an immigrant, came to this nation in pursuit of the American dream. Now I consider it my duty to fight to protect that dream. Rioters must not be allowed to destroy our cities. Human sex drug traffickers should not be allowed to cross our border. The same socialist policies which destroyed places like Cuba and Venezuela must not take root in our cities and our schools. If you want to see the socialist Biden-Harris future for our country, just take a look at California. It is a place of immense wealth, immeasurable innovation, and immaculate environment. And the Democrats turned it into a land of discarded heroin needles in parks, riots in streets, and blackouts in homes. In President Trump's America, we light things up. We don't dim them down. We build things up. We don't burn them down. We kneel in prayer and we stand for our flag. This election is a battle for the soul of America. Your choice is clear. Do you support the cancel culture, the cosmopolitan elites of Nancy Pelosi, Chuck Schumer, and Joe Biden, who blame America first? Do you think America is to blame? Or do you believe in American greatness, believe in yourself, in President Trump, in individual and personal responsibility? They want to destroy this country and everything that we have fought for and hold dear. They want to steal your liberty, your freedom. They want to control what you see and think and believe so that they can control how you live. They want to enslave you to the weak, dependent, liberal, victim ideology to the point that you will not recognize this country or yourself. From the beginning, when President Trump spoke about making America great again, he was speaking about that shining city on a hill and restoring the beacon of light that once shined so bright. His promise was to put America first, and he has. When President Trump cut middle-class taxes, putting tens of thousands of dollars back in the pockets of working-class Americans, that beacon began to flicker once again.
When President Trump commanded the defeat of ISIS, took out al-Baghdadi and Soleimani, and paved the way for peace in the Middle East, that beacon started to glow. When he negotiated historic trade deals with Canada, Mexico, Japan, and China, bringing back thousands of manufacturing jobs to America, that beacon shined bright once again for the world to see. America, it's all on the line. President Trump believes in you. He emancipates and lifts you up to live your American dream. You are capable. You are qualified, you are powerful, and you have the ability to choose your life and determine your destiny. Don't let the Democrats take you for granted. Don't let them step on you. Don't let them destroy your families, your lives, and your future. Don't let them kill future generations because they told you and brainwashed you and fed you lies that you weren't good enough. Like my parents, you can achieve your American dream. You can be that shining example to the world. Manifest and be the change in this country that you dream, that you hope, that you believe in. Stand for an American president who is fearless, who believes in you, and who loves this country and will fight for her. President Trump is the leader who will rebuild the promise of America and ensure that every citizen can realize their American dream. Ladies and gentlemen, leaders and fighters for freedom and liberty and the American dream, the best is yet to come. My God. <laughs> like, I mean, okay, again, this is, these are my probably bad political instincts, but this is what I would have done. <laughs> not what, not what uh, Joe Biden would have done. But again, mm -hmm. I think you got to hit back. I think you got to like point out that, you know, yeah, my son may have used cocaine like, you know, 15, 20, 30 years ago or something, but we're talking about your crazy son out there right now. Everybody mm -hmm. thinks he's on it. And you're talking about me taking performance enhancing drugs for this, uh, this, uh, debate. Yeah. <laughs> like, Mr. Like Mr. Snips all, Mr. Snips probably, <laughs> it's probably projection, <laughs> you know, he's it's probably, he's probably taking them himself. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so he's talking about the other side doing it cause he's doing it himself. Like, you know, it mm -hmm. might not have been the worst thing in the world if they both had a drug test. Might the problem, the only problem is, is that I think the type of drugs that I suspect that Trump uses, I don't think stay in the bloodstream very long because they don't bond to fat cells the way some other drugs do. There's a lot of fat cells they could bond to in his case, <laughs> let me tell you. It's true. It's too bad they don't. That's be true. a very no, I'm good just host. Saying, like, I think if you just drink a lot of water, it'd probably be out in 48 hours, you know what I mean? But like, you know, but something else yeah. be sticking around. A but if they're out of your system, would they have an effect still for the debate? <laughs> like they could test them at the beginning of the debate. Yeah, that's a good point. Good point. Yeah, and from what I understand, I, I don't believe cocaine stays in the system for very long either. But no, it's one of those ones that goes right out. It's why drug testing is so ridiculous because it's like you're not even testing for if they're the right drugs. Yeah, or if the person's even on them then, it's just like, are you a person that would do something? It's like, because it's like, we're detecting that you had cannabis in your system from 30 days ago, and it's like, well, okay, what? <laughs> you could have done yeah. cocaine in between now and then, and it did not show up, you know what I mean? So Yeah. Yeah, but definitely, like, I mean, I don't know. Maybe if they throw, like, if they throw 
Trump Jr. in in prison, like he'll have to dry out or something cold turkey. That'd be kind of fun to watch. Good evening, America. I'm Donald Trump Jr. We're here tonight to talk about the great American story, to talk about this country we all love, this land of promise and opportunity, of heroes and greatness. Just a few short months ago, we were seeing the American dream become a reality for more of our citizens than ever before. The greatest prolonged economic expansion in American history, the lowest unemployment rate in nearly 50 years, the lowest unemployment rates ever for black Americans, Hispanic Americans, women, and pretty much every other demographic group. And then, courtesy of the Chinese Communist Party, the virus struck. The president quickly took action and shut down travel from China. Joe Biden and his Democrat allies called my father a racist and a xenophobe for doing it. They put political correctness ahead of the safety and security of the American people. Fortunately, as the virus began to spread, the president acted quickly and ensured ventilators got to hospitals that needed them most. He delivered PP&E to our brave frontline workers, and he rallied the mighty American private sector to tackle this new challenge. There's more work to do, but there is a light at the end of the tunnel. Job gains are outpacing what the so-called experts expected. But Biden's radical left-wing policies would stop our economic recovery cold. He's already talking about shutting the country down again. It's madness. Democrats claim to be for workers, but they've spent the entire pandemic trying to sneak a tax break for millionaires in Democrat states into the COVID relief bill. Then they attacked my father for suspending the payroll tax for middle-class workers. In fact, if you think about it, Joe Biden's entire economic platform seems designed to crush the working man and woman. He supported the worst trade deals in the history of the planet. He voted for the NAFTA nightmare. Down the tubes went our auto industry. He pushed for TPP. Goodbye, manufacturing jobs. Beijing Biden is so weak on China that the intelligence community recently assessed that the Chinese Communist Party favors Biden. They know he'll weaken us both economically and on a world stage. Biden also wants to bring in more illegal immigrants to take jobs from American citizens. His open border policies would drive wages down for Americans at a time when low-income workers were getting real wage increases for the first time in modern history. He's pledged to repeal the Trump tax cuts, which were the biggest in our country. After eight years of Obama and Biden's slow growth, Trump's policies have been like rocket fuel to the economy and especially to the middle class. Biden has promised to take that money back out of your pocket and keep it in the swamp. That makes sense, though, considering Joe Biden is basically the Loch Ness Monster of the swamp. For the past half century, he's been lurking around in there. He sticks his head up every now and then to run for president. Then he disappears and doesn't do much in between. So if you're looking for hope, look to the man who did what the failed Obama-Biden administration never could do and built the greatest economy our country has ever seen. And President Trump will do it again. We will be stronger than ever because when we put our mind to it, there is no obstacle that America can't surmount. Except there's a difference this time. In the past, both parties believed in the goodness of America. We agreed on where we wanted to go. 
We just disagreed on how to get there. This time, the other party is attacking the very principles on which our nation was founded. Freedom of thought, freedom of speech, freedom of religion, the rule of law. Thomas Jefferson famously said, I have sworn upon the altar of God eternal hostility against every form of tyranny over the mind of man. Our founders believed there was nothing more important than protecting our God-given right to think for ourselves. Now the left, they're trying to cancel all of those founders. They don't seem to understand this important principle. In order to improve in the future, we must learn from our past not erase it. So we're not going to tear down monuments and forget the people who built our great nation. Instead, we will learn from our past so we don't repeat any mistakes, and we will work tirelessly to improve the lives of all Americans. Joe Biden and the radical left are now coming for our freedom of speech. They want to bully us into submission. If they get their way, it will no longer be the silent majority. It will be the silenced majority. This has to stop. Freedom of expression used to be a liberal value, at least before the radical left took over. Now the Republican Party is the home of free speech, the place where anyone from any background can speak their mind and may the best ideas win. People of faith are under attack. You're not allowed to go to church, but mass chaos in the streets gets a pass. It's almost like this election is shaping up to be church, work, and school versus rioting, looting, and vandalism. Or, in the words of Biden and the Democrats, peaceful protesting. Anarchists have been flooding our streets, and Democrat mayors are ordering the police to stand down. Small businesses across America, many of them minority-owned, are being torched by mobs. The Democrat mayors pretend it's not happening. They actually called it a summer of love. And that brings me to another important principle. Every American must be free to live without fear of violence in your country, in your communities, and in your homes. All men and women are created equal and must be treated equally under the law. That's why we must put an end to racism, and we must ensure that any police officer who abuses their powers is held accountable. What happened to George Floyd is a disgrace, and if you know a police officer, you know they agree with that too. But we cannot lose sight of the fact that our police are American heroes. They deserve our deepest appreciation, because no matter what the Democrats say, you and I both know when we dial 911, we don't want it going to voicemail. So defunding the police is not an option. Everything starts with safety and security. You can't have anything else without it. You can't focus on building a better future for your children without the peace of mind that they can study safely in their classrooms, play safely in their neighborhoods, and sleep safely in their beds. But safety is only the beginning. Trump's America is a land of opportunity, a place of promise. I was fortunate enough to grow up in a family that could afford the best schools and the finest universities. But a great education cannot be the exclusive right of the rich and powerful. It must be accessible to all. And that's why my dad is pro-school choice. That's why he's called education access the civil rights issue, not just of our time, but of all time.
It is unacceptable that too many African-American and Hispanic-American children are stuck in bad schools just because of their zip code. Donald Trump will not stand for it. If Democrats really wanted to help minorities and underserved communities, instead of bowing to big money union bosses, they'd let parents choose what school is best for their kids. They'd limit immigration to protect American workers. They'd support the police who protect our neighborhoods. They'd learn how to negotiate trade deals that prioritize America's interests for a change. They'd end the endless wars and quit sending our young people to solve problems in foreign lands. They'd cut taxes for families and workers. They'd create opportunity zones that drive investment into inner cities. In other words, if Democrats cared for the forgotten men and women of our country, they'd do exactly what President Trump is doing. America is the greatest country on earth, but my father's entire worldview revolves around the idea that we can always do even better. Imagine the life you want to have, one with a great job, a beautiful home, a perfect family. You can have it. Imagine the country you want to live in, one with true equal opportunity, where hard work pays off and justice is served with compassion and without partiality. You can have it. Imagine a world where the evils of communism and radical Islamic terrorism are not given a chance to spread, where heroes are celebrated and the good guys win. You can have it. That is the life. That is the country. That is the world that Donald Trump and the Republican Party are after. And yes, you can have it. Because unlike Joe Biden and the radical left Democrats, our party is open to everyone. It starts by rejecting radicals who want to drag us into the dark and embracing the man who represents a bright and beautiful future for all. It starts by reelecting Donald J. Trump, President of the United States. Thank you, and God bless America. There'd be a lot of things, fun things to watch about that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, let's see. Question. I put question marks at this point because I was losing track, but I think this would be question four, which was the environment. The forest fires in the West are raging now. They have burned millions of acres. They have displaced hundreds of thousands of people. When state officials there blame the fires on climate change, Mr. President, you said, I don't think... The science knows. Over your four years, you have pulled the U.S. out of the Paris Climate Accord. You have rolled back a number of Obama environmental records. What do you believe about the science of climate change, and what will you do in the next four years to confront it? I want crystal clean water and air. I want beautiful, clean air. We have now the lowest carbon. If you look at our numbers right now, we are doing phenomenally. But I haven't destroyed our businesses. Our businesses aren't put out of commission. If you look at the Paris Accord, it was a disaster from our standpoint. And people are actually very happy about what's going on because our businesses are doing well. As far as the fires are concerned, you need forest management in addition to everything else. The forest floors are loaded up with trees, dead trees that are years old and they're like tinder and leaves and everything else, you drop a cigarette in there, the whole forest burns down. You've got to have forest management. What do you You've believe, got to have cuts. What do you believe about the science of climate change, sir? 
Uh, I believe that we have to do everything we can to have immaculate air, immaculate water, and do whatever else we can that's good. You know, we're planting a billion trees, the Billion Tree Project, and it's very exciting for a lot of people. you believe that human pollution, gas, greenhouse gas emissions contributes to the global warming of this planet? I think planet? a lot of things do, but I think to an extent, yes. I think to an extent, yes. But I also think we have to do better management of our forests. Every year, I get the call, California's burning. California's burning. If that was cleaned, if that were, if you had forest management, good forest management, you wouldn't be getting those calls. You know, in Europe, they live their forest cities. They're called forest cities. They maintain their forests. They manage their forests. I was with the head of a major country. It's a forest city. He said, sir, we have trees that are far more, they, they ignite much easier than California. There shouldn't be that problem. I spoke with the governor about it. I'm getting along very well with the governor. But I said, you know, at some point, you can't every year have hundreds of thousands of acres of land just burned to the ground. But, sir, That's but, burning down because of a lack of but management. But, sir, if you believe in the science of climate change, why have you rolled back the Obama clean power plan, which limited carbon emissions in power plants. Why have you relaxed... Because it was driving energy prices through the sky. Why have you relaxed fuel economy standards that are going to create more pollution from cars well, and trucks? Well, not really, because what's happening is the car is much less expensive and it's a much safer car, and you're talking about a tiny difference, and then what would happen, because of the cost of the car, you would have at least double and triple the number of cars purchased. We have the old slugs out there that are 10, 12 years old. If you did that, the car would be safer, it would be much cheaper by $3,500. they've simply No, but you would take your, a lot of cars off the market because people would be able to afford a car. Now, so, and by the way, we're going to see how that turns out. But a lot of people agree with me, many people. The car has gotten so expensive because they have computers all over the place for an extra little bit okay. of gasoline. And, by the, not... and, and, and I'm okay with electric cars, too. I think I'm all for electric cars. I've given big incentives for electric cars. But what they've done in California is just all crazy. Right. Vice President Biden, I'd like you to, to respond to the president's climate change record. But I also want to ask you about a concern. You proposed $2 trillion in green jobs. You talk about new limits, not abolishing, but new limits on fracking, ending the use of fossil fuels to generate electricity by 2035, and zero net emission of greenhouse gases by 2050. The president says a lot of these things would tank the economy and cost millions of jobs. He's absolutely wrong, number one. Number two, if in fact, when, when our, during our administration, the Recovery Act, I was able to, I was in charge, able to bring down the cost of renewable energy to cheaper than or as cheap as coal and gas and oil. Nobody's going to build another uh, uh, coal-fired plant in America. No one's going to build another oil-fired plant in America. They're going to move to renewable energy, number one. Number two, we're going to make sure that we are able to take the federal fleet and turn it into a fleet that's run on their electric vehicles, making sure that we can do that. We're going to put 500,000 charging stations and all of the highways that we're going to be building in the future. We're going to build an economy that, in fact, is going to provide for the ability us to take 4 million buildings and make sure that they, in fact, are weatherized in a way that, in fact, will, they'll, they'll emit significantly less gas 
less in oil because the heat will not be going out. There's so many things that we can do now to create thousands and thousands of jobs. We can get to net zero in terms of energy production by 2035, not only not costing people jobs, creating jobs, creating millions of good paying jobs, not 15 bucks an hour, but prevailing wage by having a new infrastructure that in fact is green. And the first thing I will do, I will rejoin the Paris Accord. I will join the Paris Accord because with us out of it, look what's happening. It's all falling apart. And talk about someone who has no, no relationship to, with foreign policy. Brazil, the rainforests of Brazil are being torn down, are being ripped down. More, more carbon is absorbed in that rainforest than every bit of carbon that's emitted in the United States. Instead of doing something about that, I would be gathering up and making sure we had the, com the countries of the world coming up with $20 billion and say, here's $20 billion, stop, stop tearing down the forest. And if you don't, then you're going to have significant economic consequences. What about, consequences what about the argument that President Trump basically says that you have to balance environmental interests and economic interests, and he's drawn his line? Well, he hadn't drawn a line. He still, for example, makes sure that we, he wants to make sure that methane's not a problem. We can, you, you can now emit more methane without it being a problem. Methane. This is a guy who says that you don't have to have mileage standards for automobiles that exist now. This is a guy who says that, well, the fact that it, 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 it's all true. And here's He's the deal. He's talking about the Green he, New Deal. And it's not $2 billion I'm, or $20 billion, as you said. I'm it's $100 trillion. I'm talking about Where they the want to Biden rip down plan. buildings and rebuild the building. No, it's the dumbest, not, most ridiculous, not, where airplanes are out of business, where two-car systems are out, where not they want true. to take out the cows, too. Not you know, that's true. not true either, right? Not this true. Is a, this is a $100 trillion. That's more money than that our country could make in a hundred years if we're not going to the case. All right, it, let me, it let will, me, let me, let me, because, because I actually, wait a minute, sir, I actually <laughs> have studied your plan, and it includes upgrading four million buildings, weatherizing yes. two million homes over four years, building one and a half million energy efficient homes. So the question becomes, some, the president is saying, I think some people who support the president would say that sounds like it's going to cost a lot of money and hurt the economy. What it's going to do is going to create thousands and millions of jobs, good-paying jobs. But let him finish, sir. He doesn't know how to do that. $100 they, trillion. Dollars. The fact is it's going to create millions of good-paying jobs and these tax incentives to people for people to weatherize, which he wants to get, get rid of. It's going to make the economy much safer. Look how much we're paying now to deal with the hurricanes. With the deal with, by the way, he has an answer for hurricanes. He said maybe we should drop a nuclear weapon on them. They may. I never said that That's at all. He did say You made it up. Uh, and here's the deal. You make up a we, we are going to be in a position where we can create hard hard, good jobs by making sure the environment is clean and we all are in better shape. We spend billions of dollars now, billions of dollars on floods, hurricanes, rising seas. We're in real trouble. Look what's happened just in the Midwest with these storms that come through and wipe out entire sections and counties in Iowa. They didn't happen before. They're because of global warming. We make up 15% of the world's problem. We, in fact, but the, the rest of the world, we've got to get them to come along. That's why we have to get back into, back into 
the Paris Accord. All right, gentlemen. Wait a minute, Chris. So why didn't he do it for 47 years? You were vice president. Why didn't you get the world? China sends up real dirt into the air. Russia does, India does, they all do. We're supposed to be good. And by the way, he made a couple of statements. The Green New Deal is $100 trillion, that not, is not $20 billion. My plan. That's not my plan. Well, you want to rebuild every building. You want to rebuild everything. If he knew anything He made a statement about the military. He said I said something about the military. He and his friends made it up, and then they went with it. I never said it. Okay. That is what not he true. Did, Sir, is he you're said, done in this segment. He called Mr. the Vice, military Mr. Vice stupid President. bastards. I, I and he said it on tape. Uh, he said Mr. stupid uh, bastards. Please, he said it. Stop. I would never say I would that. Play to the it. Play it. Go ahead. Mr. You're Vice President, uh, answered his, his final question. The final question is, I can't remember which of all his rantings. I'm having a little trouble That's myself. Right. But, yeah. uh, and, and about the economy and about this question of what it's going to cost. The, the, economy. the economy. I mean, the Green New Deal the, and the, the idea of what, what the, your the environmental changes deal, will do. The Green New Deal will pay for itself as we move forward. We're not going to build plants that, in fact, are great polluting plants. Could you We're support build the Green New Deal? Pardon me? You support that? No, I don't support the Green oh, New Deal. Oh, you don't? Oh, well, that's a big let, statement. I support that means the you just lost the radical left. I, su okay. I support oh, the don't. Biden plan that I put forward. Okay. The Biden plan, which is different than what he calls the radical Green New Deal. All right, gentlemen, final segment. Um, Trump talked about a forest floors covered with dead trees. You, you drop a cigarette in there, and then he talked about global warming something. Forest management, good forest management. Every year I get a call. California's on fire. <laughs> uh, Biden said, rejoin the Paris Climate Accords. Uh, uh, by the way, he has an answer for hurricanes. He said, maybe we drop a nuclear weapon on them. Trump said, I never said that. Not, not you. <laughs> uh, Joe Biden said, the Green New Deal is not my plan. Not my plan. Uh, let's see. Trump said, he said stupid bastards. He said it on tape. I don't even know what they're talking about there. But um, at one point, Joe Biden has been getting some plaudits for actually saying that the Green New Deal pays for itself, which, you know, it seems like he's actually defending it, perhaps. Um, so I don't know, you know, what he's actually thinking. He says it's not his plan, not his plan. So I don't know what he's thinking about the environment exactly. I mean, he talked about you know, some really wild numbers like 2050 or 2030 or something that he wanted to hit some goals by then. And Bernie and other people are saying it's too late by then. you got to do something sooner. And he's like, well, I don't mm. want to, you know, he doesn't doesn't want to do anything extreme. So mm -hmm. um, I don't know. I don't know. It, it, again, stupid bastards. He said it on tape. I don't know what he was talking about there. It was just it was probably just a shouting over each other match at that point. Mm hmm. Um, the final question was election integrity. There was another election integrity. As we meet tonight, millions of Americans are receiving mail-in ballots or going to vote early. How confident should we be that this will be a fair election? And what are you prepared to do over the next five plus weeks? Because it'll not only be to election day, but also counting some ballots, mail-in ballots after election day. What are you prepared to do to reassure the American people that the next president will be the legitimate winner of this election in this final segment? Mr. Vice President, you go first. Prepared to let people vote. They should go to IWillVote.com, decide how they're going to vote, when they're going to vote, and what means by which they're going to vote. His own 
Homeland Security Director and as well as the FBI Director says there is no evidence at all that mail-in ballots are a source of, of being manipulated and cheating. They said that. The fact is that there are going to be millions of people because of COVID that are going to be voting by mail-in ballots, like he does, by the way. He sits behind the Resolute desk and sends his ballot to Florida, number one. Number two, we're going to make sure that those people who want to vote in person are able to vote because there are enough poll watchers are there to make sure they can socially distance. The polls are open on time, and their polls stay open until the votes are counted. And this is all about trying to dissuade people from voting because he's trying to to scare people into thinking that it's not going to be legitimate. Show up and vote. You will determine the outcome of this election. Vote, vote, vote. If you're able to vote early in your state, vote early. If you're able to vote in person, vote in person. Vote whatever way is the best way for you, because you will. He cannot stop you from being able to determine the outcome of this election. And in terms of whether or not when the votes are counted and they're all counted, that will be accepted. If I win, that will be accepted. If I lose, that'll be accepted. But by the way, if in fact he says he's not sure what he's going to accept, well, let me tell you something. It doesn't matter because if we get the votes, it's going to be all over. He's going to go. He can't stay in power. It won't happen. It won't happen. So vote. Just make sure you understand you have it in your control to determine what this country is going to look like the next four years. Is it going to change? You get four more years of these lies. Mr. President, two minutes. So when I listened to Joe talking about a transition, uh, there's been no transition from when I won. I won that election. And if you look at crooked Hillary Clinton, if you look at all of the different people, uh, there was no transition because they came after me trying to do a coup. They came after me spying on my campaign. They started from the day I won and even before I won, from the day I came down the escalator with our first lady. They were a disaster. They were a disgrace to our country. And we've caught them. We've caught them all. We've got it all on tape. We've caught them all. And by the way, you gave the idea for the Logan Act against General Flynn. You better take a look at that, because we caught you, in a sense. And President Obama was sitting in the office. He knew about it, too. So don't tell me about a free transition. As far as the ballots are concerned, it's a disaster. A solicited ballot Okay, solicit it is okay. You're soliciting, you're asking, they send it back, you send it back. I did that. If you have an unsolicited, they're sending millions of ballots all over the country. There's fraud, they found them in creeks, they found some with the name Trump, just happened to have the name Trump just the other day in a waste paper basket. They're being sent all over the place. They sent two in a Democrat area, they sent out a thousand ballots, everybody got two ballots. This is going to be a fraud like you've never seen. The other thing, it's nice on November 3rd, you're watching and you see who won the election. And I think we're going to do well because people are really happy with the job we've done. But you know what? We won't know. We might not know for months because these ballots are going to be all over. Take a look at what happened in Manhattan. Take a look at what happened in New Jersey. Take a look at what happened in Virginia and other places. They're not losing 2%, 1%, which, by the way, is too much. An election could be won or lost with that. They're losing 30 and 40%. It's a fraud and it's a shame. And can you imagine where they say, uh, you have to have your ballot in by November 10th? November 10th. That means that's seven days after the election, in theory, should have been announced. Okay. We have major states no, with that. Uh, sir, all run by Democrats. Two minutes is two minutes. 
All the, run by Democrats. It's President a Trump, it's a rigged I, I, election. I, you're going to be able to continue. You have been charging for months that mail-in balloting is going to be a disaster. You say it's rigged, yes. that it's going to lead to fraud. But in 2018, in the last midterm election, 31 million people voted mail-in voting. That was a quarter, more than a quarter, of all the voters that year cast their ballots by mail. Now that millions of mail-in ballots have gone out, what are you going to do about it? And are you counting on the Supreme Court, including a Justice Barrett, to settle any dispute? Yeah, I, th I think I'm counting on them to look at the ballots, definitely. I don't think we'll, I hope we don't need them in terms of the election itself. But for the ballots, I think so. Because what's happening is incredible. I just heard, I read today, where at least 1% of the ballots for 2016 were invalidated. They they take them. We don't like them. We don't like them. But they throw them out left There are right. millions of ballots going out what right now. What you do is you go do? and vote. You do a solicited ballot, no, no, and that's I'm okay, not, I know or you complaint. go and vote. I'm asking you about the fact that millions of people... You go and vote. You go and no, vote. But like they, is, like they used to the in the old... Millions of people... You either do, Chris, a solicited ballot where you're sending it in, they're sending it back, and you're sending... They have mailmen with lots of it. Did you see what's going on? Take a look at West Virginia. Mailmen selling the ballots. They're being sold. They're being dumped in rivers. This is a horrible thing for our country. There is no. This is not. There is no. This is not going to end well. There is okay. no evidence. This is that. not Vice, going Vice to President end Biden. well. Five states fact, have had mail-in ballots for the last decade or more. Five, including two Republican states, and you don't have to solicit the ballot. It's sent to you. It's sent to your home. What we're saying is, they're saying is that it has to be a postmark by the time by election day. If it doesn't get in till the 7th, 8th, ninth, it still should be counted. He's just afraid of counting the votes because you're he knows wrong. the outcome. You're wrong. You're wrong. No, I, I, I want to continue with you on I this, love if, yeah, Vice President Biden. Because Chris, he's so wrong in, when he makes a statement fact, no, like that. Excuse me. Vice President Biden, the biggest problem, in fact, over the years with mail-in voting has not been fraud historically. It has been that sizable numbers, sometimes hundreds of thousands of ballots are thrown out because they have not been properly filled out or there is some other irregularity or they missed the deadline. So the question I have is, are you concerned that the Supreme Court with a Justice Barrett will settle any dispute? I'm concerned that any court would settle this because here's the deal. When you, when you file, when you get a ballot and you fill it out, you're supposed to have an affidavit. If you didn't know, you have someone say that this is me. You should be able to, if in fact you can verify that's you when the before the ballot is thrown out, that's sufficient to be able to count the ballot because someone made a mistake and not dotting the correct I. Who they voted for, testify, say who they voted for, say it's you, that is totally legitimate. All right. Excuse final, me, Chris, no, no, no. when you I have, have final, 80 million I, ballots I have a final sent in and swamping the I, I, system, I, I, you, 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 you know it can't be done. You know it can't. And already all right. there's been so fraud. Now, so now, mail service Wait a minute, gentlemen. In the final question is, in eight ballots. states, we can keep talking. It's, it's in a, eight a, states, election workers are Earth. prohibited, currently by law, eight states, from even beginning to process ballots, even take them out of the envelopes and flatten them until Election Day. That means that it's likely, because there's going to be a huge increase in mail-in balloting, that we are not going to know on election night who the winner is, that it could be days, it could be weeks, could be months. until we find out who the, the, the new president is. So I, first for you, sir, finally for the, for the vice president, I hope neither of you will interrupt the other, 
Will you urge your supporters to stay calm during this extended period, not to engage in any civil unrest? And will you pledge tonight that you will not declare victory until the election has been independently certified? President Trump, you I'm go first. I'm urging my supporters to go into the polls and watch very carefully, because that's what has to happen. I am urging them to do it. As you know, today there was a big problem. In Philadelphia, they went in to watch. They were called poll watchers, a very safe, very nice thing. They were thrown out. They weren't allowed to watch. You know why? Because bad things happen in Philadelphia, bad things. And Are I you? am urging I am urging my people. I hope it's going to be a fair election. If it's a fair You're election, I am 100 percent on board. But if I see tens of thousands of ballots being manipulated, I can't go along with that. And I'll tell and what, you what, what does that from mean, a common sense, does that mean you're I'll going tell to tell you tell what it your means. To take to it the means screen? you have a fraudulent election. You're and sending you out 80 do? million ballots. They're not, they're not equipped to. These people aren't equipped to handle it. Number one. Number two, okay. they cheat. They cheat. Hey, they found ballots in a waste paper basket three sure. days ago, and they all had the name right. military ballots. They were military. They all had the name Trump on them. Vice President you think Biden, that's good? Vice President Biden, final question for you. Will you urge your supporters to stay calm while the vote is counted, and will you pledge not to declare victory until the election is independently certified? Yes, and here's the deal. We count the ballots, as you pointed out. Some of these ballots in some states can't even be opened until Election Day. And if there's thousands of ballots, it's going to take time to do it. And by the way, our military, they've been voting by ballots for since the end of the Civil War, in effect. And that's, and that's what's happen, going to happen. Why was it not? Why is it for them somehow not fraudulent? It's the same process. It's honest. No one has established at all that there is fraud related to mail-in ballots, that somehow it's a fraudulent process. It's already been established. It's a, Take a look at Carolyn Maloney's I, I, I race. I asked you, you had an opportunity look to at respond. Carolyn go ahead. They have no idea what Vice happened. President Biden, go ahead. He has no idea what he's talking about. Here's the deal. The fact is, I will accept it, and he will too. You know why? Because once the winner is declared after all the, all the ballots are counted, all the votes are counted, that'll be the end of it. That'll be the end of it. And if it's me, in fact, fine. If it's, if it's not me, I'll support the outcome. And I'll be a president not just for the Democrats. I'll be a president for Democrats and Republicans. And this guy... I want to see fact, an honest okay. ballot count. Gentlemen, we, you say that's the end Chris, of it? This is the I end of this debate? Honest ballot count. We're going to leave it there. Too. Uh, to be continued as in more debates as we go on. Uh, president Trump, Vice President Biden, it's been an interesting hour and a half. I want to thank you both for participating. A uh, major situation here, I think. Um, Biden said mail-in voting has no problem. Trump does it in Florida. Show up and vote, 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 early, in person, whatever way is best for you. <laughs> Trump said uh, solicited ballots, not unsolicited ballots. We found ballots in a creek. Um, <laughs> you go and vote like they used to. Mailmen are selling the ballots. Wow. I don't know what. What in God's name is talking about mailmen are selling the ballots is totally insane. Uh, the ballots in the creek, like they found like nine ballots or something. They were all pro-Trump or something. But the thing was, from what I heard, it was like in that state, like the Republican governor and somebody had said that they couldn't accept mail-in ballots or something. So those ballots were thrown out legitimately, it seems like. Hmm. I don't know. There was that, that was like a flash in a pan story. Again, it's, it's the one thing that, of course, Donald Trump's going to – 
hinge his entire anti-mail-in ballot campaign on. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was like it was like a situation where in that state mail-in ballots couldn't be accepted or something. So those ballots were going to be thrown out anyways. I have no idea how they wound up in a creek. I think probably people need to be investigated, but it, because it was probably planted there by Trump supporters, found there by Trump supporters, it said, I, you know, I have a feeling there's a story there. I don't know. Mm. I don't know the whole story, but that that would be very curious. Um, let's see. Uh, let's see. Trump Biden said, uh, I'm concerned that any c- court would settle this. Uh, Wallace said it could be days, it could be weeks. And Trump helped out. It could be months that they don't know the election result. <laughs> um, let's see. Let's see. Then Wallace said, uh, it will take time to get results. Will you urge your supporters to stay calm and be peaceful and patient? Trump said, uh, I'm urging my supporters to go in and watch the polls. <laughs> so obviously he's, he's, he's urging his people to do voter intimidation is basically what it is. Nobody in, the, nobody in Trump's orbit is qualified to even know how to watch the polls for any kind of voting irregularities. Like, what would they even be looking for? <laughs> it's, it's just a total transparent attempt to voter intimidation, have a bunch mm-hmm. of proud boys out there with ARs, like staring menacingly at black people or people with Biden paraphernalia wearing, you know. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know how it'll go down, but, like, obviously, you know, that's what he's, that's what he's going for. Um, Joe mm. Biden said military ballots have been mail-in since the Civil War. No record of fraud. Some states don't even open the ballots until after Election Day, so there would be some delays. Um, yeah, I, that that was kind of the end of the debate as far as my notes go. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Again, sorry we kind of ran through that, but it was just a bunch of utter insanity. Mm-hmm. A lot of it. So. Yeah. Oh, I'm looking at the ballot in the creek thing. Uh, apparently, happened in Wisconsin. There were some mail-in ballots found on September 21st. Um, in the Otto O U T A G A M I E County, wherever you say that in Wisconsin, but uh, yeah. Apparently, I mean, there's something to that, but that's like probably like a handful. I don't think this is a real issue. <laughs> I mean, it's obvious. I, I think not. it was like nine ballots is what I heard. Yeah, it's it was nine ballots. Like, I don't know what's form. going on there. It's not going to turn an election. Yeah, no. And unless you like investigate it, unless you can find somebody went out there and purposefully threw away nine ballots because they were Trump ballots. <laughs> I don't in a district where that would have made a difference. Like, Mm -hmm. I don't, you know, I don't see the story there. Yeah. But they want there to be stories like that so they can justify their voter suppression. I mean, that's the point. So, yeah, I, I often wonder how, how do Republican things get so far in courts and stuff? Because like they, they assert all this bullshit with no evidence. And I'm like, at a certain point, when you're insisting on something, you have to present some evidence, right? Like, so if you go to if you go to court and say we can't have mail-in ballot because of election fraud, they're going to say, mm-hmm. okay, uh, prove election fraud. They can't do it. So right. at that point, why doesn't the judge say no? Okay, you didn't provide any proof. Throw it out of court. It's not. We're not doing this. You know, <laughs> like I, I'm just kind of curious. Like, how do they always get these things? Is just I don't know. 
I, I mean, it doesn't cost that. anything hardly to file a lawsuit to gum things up, so I don't know that you necessarily even have to do more than just file it and hope that it wastes the other side's time or, you know yeah. what I mean? I don't necessarily know if you need to have <laughs> need to have a good argument once you, once you get there. So I know there's several hundred lawsuits already happening. So. Mm-hmm. But. Oh, another thing that happened right before the debate a couple days before, and again, this is a, this is like the fifth thing, and it was something else I forgot about because again, we remember the tax thing. Mm-hmm. Um, somebody released, somebody had found footage, I think Mother Jones or somebody had found footage of Trump's deposition or something in his, uh, in his Trump yeah, University I, case I heard or whatever. And I, like, I didn't there's want 20 it. or 30 minutes of him just lying and bullshitting and, you know, <laughs> being a very bad boy, basically. Now, do you feel that your attention to details has kept your memory sharp? No, my memory's good. Well, you've described it as being better than good, right? Yeah, it's good. It's safe. I have a good memory. Well, you've described it as being one of the all-time great memories, right? I have a good memory. Well, do you remember? Is that your question? <laughs> do you remember saying that you have one of the all-time great memories? Yeah. And, and do you believe that's true? Do you have one of the all-time great a, memories? I have a very good memory, yes. Do you believe you have one of the best memories in the world? That I can't tell you. I can't talk for other people, but I have a good memory. Well, you've, st- you've stated, though, that you have one of the best memories in the world. I don't know. Did I use those ex- that expression? Yes. Where? Could I see? I can, I can play a video of you of a reporter no, reporting. No, did, I, did I say I have a great memory or one of the best in the world? One of the best in the world. Is what the, is what the reporter reported you to say? I mean, I don't, I don't remember that. Okay. okay. As, as good as my memory is, I don't remember that. But I have, right. a, I have a good memory. So you don't remember saying you have one of the best memories I, in the I world? I don't remember that. Okay. I, I, have, I, know, I remember you telling me, but uh, I don't know that I said it. Do you recall saying that you have one of the all-time great memories? I think that was the expression I used. And you stand behind it? Yeah, I have a great memory. I have a very good memory. Uh, <laughs> you know, not being able to answer questions that are very obvious, you know, being aggressive and competitive because he doesn't like being there and stuff. So that was fun to watch, too. Um, you know, just asking him a bunch of questions like, do you know this person? No, I don't know. I don't know anybody's name. Do you know if they were like a student? Do you know if they were one of your instructors who you said you personally knew? No, I don't know. I mean, like the name sounds familiar, but I don't really know. I, you know, <laughs> you just watch him like for 20 minutes going on like that. So that was fun too. It'd be kind of nice to, you could include some, drop some sound in there from that maybe, or include a link somewhere or something. That was a fun video. Yeah. I do think like, I do think the Democrats were dropping some stuff right before the debate and, uh, I think that, you know, the taxes and, and that video also were mm-hmm. you know, definitely things designed to from off. And I was, uh, I don't know, I was surprised by how, you know, calm and confident he seemed to come into the thing with, considering that he was obviously totally humiliated by the tax thing, like 24 hours before the debate. But, you know, because because Chris Wallace didn't lead with that in the questioning, I, I think he was, you know, he's he got to talk about other things and just jibber jabber but i don't know usually with debates like the most recent major political earthquake is the first thing we talk about in this case they started with the supreme court so i i think that kind of dulled the the effect of the tax drop actually hmm yeah (laughs) that's the other thing i'm wondering about with this whole covid thing is that what is this a distraction from because this is the only way he knows how to change the narrative 
is to like have something else huge happen. He only can stop a fire by starting another fire, it seems. So it's like, that's, I don't know. My first uh, thought with it is I don't believe it. You know what I mean? That's, that's my first reaction. But he's like trained us to have that reaction because he lies so often about so many things. So, yeah. <clears throat> well, it, I mean, the next couple of days are going to be very interesting. We'll see if he's, you know, being self-isolated, if he's being isolated, if he infects a whole bunch of other people, who else's, you know, secondary infections within the White House or family or sorry, not family, the uh, the cabinet, not the both. (laughs) You know, uh, we'll we'll see if the old bastard lives or dies. I mean, you know, uh, the odds may not be in his favor on this one. Um, Well, as I saw somebody say on Twitter just now, he's in several uh, high risk groups. Elderly, obese, and low income. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's good. <laughs> I like that one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. The, uh, the the taxes would definitely be something to talk about too. I think. Like, I mean, the uh, yeah. It looks like. I mean, he. It looks like he's several hundred million dollars in debt. And some people have speculated it may be up to a billion. Even it may be much more than that. Mm-hmm. Um. So, yeah, I mean, it's like, yeah, we voted for this people, not we, but people voted for this guy because they thought he was a billionaire businessman. And we didn't know if it was one billion or six billion or eight billion or ten billion. But the reality may have been he was never a billionaire at all. <laughs> like He was he, you know, somehow he had some money, but he was basically running a tax avoidance scheme where he kept himself, you know, in debt for periods of time. Mm-hmm. And he's going to say that that's smart. We'll see. <laughs> so, um, yeah. And I don't, I don't really care. I mean, like, I don't, I don't think you should have to be a billionaire to become the president, but this is what he staked his candidacy on though. Yeah. This he is was why Mr. a lot of smart people thought he was so man. smart and he was going to fix everything. I, that, that, I think that, I think we've covered a lot here, Bob. I think we got the Supreme <laughs> court, Trump taxes, uh, Trump deposition <laughs> video, uh, Trump got COVID. Trump debates poorly. <laughs> I think, I think the, uh, <laughs> the Trump cinematic universe is all caught up. <laughs> I don't even know if there's going to be a vice presidential debate now because, I mean, Mike Pence has been exposed too, right? I mean, I don't know. Has I don't think, I, do you think there's going to be even more debates at all between any of them? I don't I think don't so. I think it's done. Yeah, it seems like this probably would kind of put the end on some of the debates. I mean, the vice presidential, I, I haven't heard that Pence has been exposed or not. I'm, that'll be interesting. Well, I sent you uh, in the, I don't know if you can see the chat window, I sent you that graphic I was talking about with Hope Hicks, who all the people she's exposed to since she's had it. So. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm sure, I mean, what I understand, these people are getting tested every day anyway. Uh-huh. So, and I'm sure they've all been tested now. So, yeah, if, I mean within 24 hours or something, we should definitely know if more people were exposed or more people mm-hmm. were uh, infected, but right. Right. Yeah. yeah. But, uh, well, I'm going to work very hard to get this out today, uh, with even, even with all the clips and stuff. So I'm going to start editing too sweet because <laughs> before anything else happens in the world, <laughs> please stop this. I want to get off. <laughs> yeah. If he dies with COVID, we, we, we might as well just throw this one in the can. <laughs> I know. Just, right. Like, There's no point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We gotta, we gotta record again. I know. So. Exactly. 
All right, well, uh, yeah, good good job taking notes on that fiasco, and I'm sure there'll be 12 other things this weekend, so. Yeah. Again, sorry for being a little bit, like, kind of rushing through things and being a little kind of scatterbrained at times, but, you know, we're dealing with some, uh, we're dealing with massive amounts of information and inter- intermoving know. parts and, you know, interlocking policies and events. And so it's, you know, it's just a lot going on. I'm a little, I don't know, a little all over the place today. So, right, well, but anyways, yeah, thank you, Bob. And yeah, good luck with the edit. <laughs> you think, yeah. really think you're going to get it out today? That's my goal. I'm going to do, I'm going to start working on it right now. So, <laughs> okay. I'll be very impressed if that happens. That'd be very cool. So yeah, I think I think people are people who didn't watch the debate probably do have some curiosity about what happened, so that would be good. All right, the children are screaming, so I really do have to go now. But <laughs> all right, all right, yep, good talk, Bob. We'll talk soon again. All right, that's basically America right now. Is Emerald's doing the impression of all of us right now? <laughs> <So>. <laughs> yep, yep, maybe Trump too. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, have a good night there, Chad. <laughs> right, have a good day, Bob. Later on.
Join the Rob Burgess Show mailing list. Go to tinyletter.com forward slash the Rob Burgess Show and type in your email address. Then respond to the automatic message. Also, please make sure to comment, follow, like, subscribe, share, rate, and review everywhere the podcast is available, including iTunes, YouTube, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play Music, Twitter, Internet Archive, TuneIn, RSS, and now Spotify. The official website for the podcast is www.therobburgessshow.com. You can find out more about me by visiting my website, www.thisburgess.com. If you have something to say, record a voice memo on your smartphone and send it to therobburgessshow at gmail.com. Include voice memo in the subject line of the email. Also, if you want to call or text the show for any reason, the number is 317-674-3547. Until next time.